What's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. And I'm Clarus. And we didn't know what to read this week because it's this is a three-thing book club. It's a three-thing book club. We've never done a three-thing book club. This is the Strike at Shia Ghoul, Ravens, and a full book recap of Knife of Daggers. That is right. Welcome back to Book Club, everybody. It's been a minute. Yeah, we were away at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, we did a book club. We did. But y'all we weren't there. Yes, we, we did a book club. Uh, you can watch it if you like, if you're a Star Wars fan. And we talked about Sam Meg's uh, Jedi Battle Scars at Star Wars Celebration mm-hmm. uh, last Friday. It was really, really awesome. I also love how universally it's Knife of Daggers now. Uh, only when I'm making jokes to you, yeah. Oh. What? Just wanted to make Fetch happen. Well, I mean, we're not going to change the title of a book that was republished that 20 years ago. Uh, good morning, chat. How is everybody doing? Uh, yeah, we did a book club at Star Wars Celebration. To those of you who came to that, thanks so much. To everyone who stopped us at Star Wars Celebration and be like, hey, what's up, friends? It's so nice to meet you in person. Uh, thank you. Uh, that was very sweet. Yeah. Uh, and it made uh, the whole celebration for us, honestly. Yeah, it was really, really special. There will be a vlog going up. Uh, for um, for people who, I, I don't know, are, are interested, I guess. Uh, Roger Live wants us to pause for a moment. They have to go to the toilet. Okay. So let's just... Cool. The people listening to the podcast <laughs> in their car are like, did uh, they actually just stop? <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, last week was Star Wars Celebration, but next week... Jordan Con. Jordan Con. Less than a week away. Let's go. Are y'all ready? Who's who? Raise your hand in chat if you're going to Jordan Con. Yes. Hands in chat. Emotes. Pick your favorite emote. Throw it up in chat. Uh, if you're gonna be at Jordan Con, we're so excited to meet you guys. It's gonna be so fun. We also yeah. have merch. The merch. Merch. Look at this. I got the I got the the flame and claw shirt on, which is just a big ice and eye. I got mm. the new Siswaya Mommy visor. My mm-hmm. hair is so long because this that TV show that I was working over. on. <laughs> that it like is curling on top of the visor, which I think is kind of cute. Uh, honestly, I think it's a good look. I think it's cute. Uh, and you've got the match shirt on. The match shirt finally arrived. A little crop. Yep. Also got a cute little crop sweater. Tight on them titties. It's nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's nice. It's I, I don't like getting like t-shirts usually because they're always so large and boxy on me. I'm like, eh, it's not super flattering. So I got like the crop shirt and the crop hoodie. Very cute. Highly recommend. Uh, I'm going to post a pic of the crop hoodie in the Discord later because the cool. colors actually look really great together. Cool. Um, and I'll bring both to Jordan Con depending on the weather in Atlanta, which is probably going to be hot. Yeah, it's too hot in this room to wear anything uh, too thick right now. Uh, yes. We're going to have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. We might have to use that air conditioner. Um no, not only stream, but to cool the room off before. Oh. Uh, bit of housekeeping before we get on with it. Uh, mm-hmm. If you are coming to Jordan Con, we do not currently have anything planned. Uh, That's not true. What do we have planned? On Friday, when we normally go live during book club, we're going to do an IRL stream from Jordan Con for those people who can't be there. Uh, we're just going to hang out at the con, uh, chatting with chat, talking Wheel of Time stuff, and like... You know, if you want to meet in person and you want to say hi to the rest of Book Club on Book Club on the video, go for it. But we are going to go live. Um, It'll be like our first IRL live stream. Sure. Um, I did not know about this. We did talk about this at least twice. Cool. I thought we talked about like checking to make sure that we can do that first. Why why couldn't we? Internet. 
Yeah, on our phones. Gonna be I hope that in the convention center we can do that. Well, you we'll know see. what? If the internet dies, that's not our fault. We will see. Um, yeah, but a bit of other housekeeping. Um, I, I, I lost my train of thought now. Oh, sorry. My bad. That's fine. I derailed everything. Yeah, you tend to do that. Uh, oh, someone brought up um, someone brought up Parasite Lady. It's not on Amazon Prime yet. If you go to Full Moon oh. Pictures website and you subscribe there, you can watch it. It will be on Amazon Prime later this month. Yeah, they told me the 14th. Obviously, things change, so it's only available on their website for the moment. It will be on Tubi and Amazon Prime either end-ish of April or beginning of May sometime timeline. I don't actually have a date. Follow us on socials and you will see her movie. Uh, and I'll tell you guys eventually what TV show I'm on. Um, but I can't do that yet, I don't think. I think you might have already, but it doesn't matter. No, I've said, I haven't said what show it is. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shall we talk about the Wheel of Time? Let's do it. That was only a five-minute intro. That's We should probably do housekeeping for like ten more minutes to be um, like our usual selves. Fair enough. How, Chad, uh, how are you doing today? <laughs> how does a Sunday book club feel to people? Yeah, I, I figured this would be the easiest time for people to be able to make it. It's also the only time we had. Well, we could have done it yesterday if I just hadn't done my stream, oh, yeah, but I was like, yeah. no, Sunday. Sunday is like super chill. Oh, um, um uh, y'all, Mod Monkey wants you guys to go to that forum and vote because uh, we're closing the poll on what the split for Great Hunt Gathering Storm is going to be uh, at the end of the hour. So at yes. noon, so that so that we can announce the split for the next book at the end of the show. Yeah, uh, we're closing that poll at noon. <laughs> it's like church. We've got our we got our day of worship for the wheel of time. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blige Monkey says great stream yesterday. Ah, oh, thank you. That was fun. It was fun. You played okay. some Civ. You won. You won a game Finally of Civ. Finally won my first game of Civ. Yeah. We're gonna be doing uh, probably when we're done the books, or maybe sooner. But we do want to do the Civilization Six mod for sure. uh, the Wheel of Time at some point. We're gonna play. We're gonna stream. Do some video games. It's gonna be gonna be a good time. Um, Great Hunt reread confirmed. I am actually currently listening to the audiobook for the Great Hunt. You are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a journey actually. It's been really really cool. I wanted to kind of brush up on the earlier stuff before Jordan Con because it feels so far away now mm -hmm. and like a little like murky in terms of when and how things happen. So I, mm -hmm. I am actually re-listening to The Great Hunt. Um, it's been fun. You liking it? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Cool. I, yeah, mm -hmm. I have some thoughts. I, I, mm -hmm. I, it's nothing that, that hasn't already been said. The slog is very real. You know, I do miss the first six books for sure. Yeah. Um, but it also does give me a real appreciation for how good those earlier books are. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It is bringing me, it's bringing that joy back for me. And so that's been mm -hmm. a really good experience. Um, well, since we're talking about things that aren't the main series that we're reading, let's get into uh, Ravens and the Strike at Shiol Ghoul. Mm -hmm. uh, Clarus, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Ravens or the Strike at Shiol Ghoul? Honestly, I don't have much to say about Ravens, so let's just... How do you not have more to say about Ravens? We went to the Anal Meadow. The Anal Meadow, that's true. That that was my favorite part um, about... Look, Ravens Ravens is a, a giant nothing burger of a chapter. Kind of. Let's be honest. It kind of feels a little fan fiction-y, well, unfortunately. It, it, it's also weird in that... Widow Anal's Meadow, yes. Widow Anal's Meadow. Um, it's weird in that... 
it was I, I my understanding is that it was added to make the first book more YA. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. And I don't think it does anything for the first book at all. Other than like no. other than reiterate information that you do learn in the first book. Like Ravens work for the Dark One. And like there's the joke of Rand being like, I wanna be king, and you're like, You will be. Ha ha ha. Um, ha ha. But yeah, it is Karen's like, what's a dragon? <laughs> like It is sort of just a like it's yeah, it's it's very fine. It's fine. It, it to me, it honestly did not provide any interesting extra context, except, you know, like Egwene has kind of always been who Egwene has been. You know, she, she wants yeah. to be the best. Like no one ever was. Bum bum bum, you know. Uh, Stephanie, welcome back to the nerd table for a third month. Let's go. I started Gathering Storm already. Can't wait to see your reactions. Same. Also, check out the, oh, the Wheel Time Idol 2023 winner is so good. We will as soon as we finish Memory of Light. Well, yeah. The problem is, like, some of the things do have spoilers, yeah. and so we do have to be careful about which ones that we watch. Um, hopefully next year we will enter the Wheel of Time Idol. Oh, we will. I've got plans. Plans on plans. Plans on plans. Yeah, I'm going to enter. How many times are we entering? Like, 12 times. I, we're going to have a Wheel of Time Idol on this channel where chat picks which of our Wheel of Time Idol songs goes to Wheel of Time Idol. We're going to pre-idol. We're going to have a pre-show. We're going to have a pre-idol idol. Idol, idol, idol. Great. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Storytime with Miss Anna says, Jordan Connell, my custom-made Wheel of Time Monopoly game. would love to have you join us for a round. Are we going to fight over Monopoly? Sure, I'm down. I'm so down. Wait, Wheel of Time. Where did you read that? Wheel of Time Monopoly. Sure. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's I'll play it. Wheel of Time Monopoly with you. Yeah, let's we're do it. we're not gonna be at any panels. We're gonna be just kind of chilling in the lobby, meeting people. We'll go say hi to Dusty. Um, we're uh, we're it's gonna be very casual for us. So just come find us. We'll try and be pretty public. We about probably where we're aren't gonna be there all day every day, just no. because to avoid spoilers. Like we're gonna try and have a very selected Jordan Con experience. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not super worried, but you know, just in case. Um, but yeah, no Ravens. I I don't know. It it just is kind of. It's 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 a, it is a strange addition to Eye of the World because I actually feel like the start of Eye of the World is so strong mm -hmm. with the Loose There and Telamon chapter with the Eliana chapter, right? Yeah. And I I just think that like in comparison to that, Ravens doesn't set up the tone of Eye of the World in no, any way. No, no, the Loose Theron one is a much much better introduction. And honestly, people at nine aren't who they are at 18, right? So there, there's an element of it where it's like you're meeting these characters at a time where they're so unformed that it's not, I don't feel like you get insight about the characters. So so Ravens to me was just kind of like, okay, yeah, this is cute, I guess, but... Yeah. Egwene is precocious. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And this thing is like, yeah, Egwene's cool. She's always had the hots for Rand. Mm-hmm. And her sister has a really tragic story. And that's about all that I got. Yeah. Her sister's husband and baby dying of the breakbone fever yeah. that Egwene survived because Nynaeve magic. And I'm like, oh my God. That that was that was the only part of it that I was like, oh, this is like, this is dark. Yeah, yeah. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, it's Ravens is fine. It exists. It's cool. I don't know. <laughs> the Nerdy Nightly Review of Ravens. It exists. Yeah, I, I really don't have any strong feelings about it. And so I, 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 like, we're at, it's funny. It's the longer of the two things that we read, but I think that we'll talk about that less than But it will. has less in it. Yeah, especially because we read Strike a Child Ghoul around the same time, which is 
which covers like similar things like thematically about the 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 sealing of the bore and the breaking of the world just from like different perspectives, right? Similar to what? Well, Tam has the perspective of what he's been told and kind oh, of Oh, to Tam's story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Tam is like, "Hey, you know, here's my story." And then Strike at Shabu is the actual interesting one mm-hmm. where we get like fragments of what happened and maybe not necessarily why, but things to start piecing together. And so I, I actually much preferred reading Strike than I did Ravens. I, I do wonder if I would have had a different reaction to Ravens if I had read it before Eye of the World. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe waiting until we kind of know all of the story of Tam's story, that the the interesting part of Ravens to us is spoiled. It's kind of over, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May, yeah, I think people who read it way earlier than we did had a different experience of it. But at this point in our reading, it's kind of like, okay. Because at this point, it is more, we already know how the world feels about the dragon, and we know how the world feels about the boar. I was more interested in how Strike was going to show us the reality of it. Yeah. And how Strike was going to dive into, and, and I was a little disappointed, honestly, by Strike a Child Ghoul in that hmm. I, I, I wanted to be there for it. I and see. Strike a Child Ghoul reads more like a Wikipedia entry. Yeah. And the Strike a Child Ghoul happens in the third paragraph from the end. Mm-hmm. And the Strike a Child Ghoul as a story is more about how that woman, po- po- Posey Parker, fucked them all over. Kind of. Or maybe, maybe. Or or the one thing that it does bring up is like maybe if the women had been there to help that the, the that both sides would have been tainted as well and we can never really know. Sure. Yeah. Sure, but like the, the it does set up a world where they're like, this is we're gonna lose, like this is our last ditch effort. Yeah. And Luce Theron and his hundred companions pull it off. Yeah. Thankfully, because if they hadn't, everything would have gone to shit. And we do learn some interesting stuff about the the big Serang Serangriel, Terangriel, Angriel. I can never keep which which one is which straight. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but we fi- we we read some interesting stuff about those, their creation, and how they were literally like made to try a- and like win as a last ditch effort because the shadow was just gaining traction. Yeah, but I I I hate that plan. No, no, no. We're gonna let the devil out. We're just gonna put him in a cage and hope that our magic. Well, no. There, so the plan, the Saangriel plan, right, is that they're going to use the Tarangriels to control the Saangriels to create like a dome around the boar. And that the boar keeps getting bigger. So the dark one is probably going to get out, but they're just going to hold him with a shield. And I'm like, you're not holding the devil with a fucking, once he's through that boar, you're fucked. Oh, I didn't realize that they had a specific plan of like how to use him. I just figured like they would be so powerful that like. That they would keep the Dark One no, in strike. imprisoned. In, in, in Strike of Shagul, they say that they're going to surround it, and the boar is going to keep getting bigger, and the Dark One's going to escape. Hmm. That, that, that's, their whole plan is like, um, hopefully we can hold them. It's the, yeah. it's the devil! Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not they're trying to capture a Forsaken who has human powers. The, the, he, it's the devil. It is... That is correct. Uh, Arzu, thank you for the five gifted Arzu memberships. Appreciate thank you. that so much. Thank you. Um, uh, enjoy those emotes, y'all. And enjoy the cute little nards. But also, like, Posey Parker's plan fails, right? Posey Parker cannot get the Terangrails out of where they made them because Samael, uh, Demander, and Belial have been winning 
They've been crushing it lately. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they, they they might have worked if they'd been able to hold on to them. But unfortunately, yeah, they're attacked and they, they lose them. So. Yeah, and so it, it literally comes down to, like, the men are like, oh, oh, great, you tried. Will you come help us now that you don't have a plan anymore? Yeah. And the women are still like, no. No. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> sure. Because, like, if the men had failed, right, uh-huh. and the women had been overrun after the men had already failed... Then the, 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 those women in their final moments of like painful, torturous death, they're, they're, the only thing they could comfort themselves with is, well, at least we didn't try. At least we didn't try that method. Yeah, it was, it's, it's interesting, especially with the like perspective of the, the what the show did. Where, you know, they kind of have a little bit of like a disagreement. (laughs) I'm sorry, but like. Look, there, there's. I, I will defend a lot about the show. Yeah. I, as you guys know, I do actually quite enjoy it. But the fucking beginning of episode seven now, or is that episode eight? No, episode seven is Blood Snow. I think so. Yeah. 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 Episode eight is the the prologue is the fucking baby in the bassinet conversation with Luce there and where everything's fine and it portrays Luce as if he's like just doing this thing to do it on a whim on a Saturday. And meanwhile, Strike a Child Ghoul is like, the world is fucking coming to an end. The darkness has invaded every corner of the globe and everybody's dying. The cities have been bail fired and everything fucking sucks. And Luce Theron is taking his hundred companions for this final one last attempt. The only chance they have to beat the devil back into the hellhole. And the TV show is like, this woman is like, Luce Theron, what are you, you silly goose. Why are you doing this today? Look outside, we live in Utopia. And it's like, what the fuck? happened yeah it's a, it's a little weird now to um to uh to, to to think about i i i think that that was definitely a weak choice on the show's well and it's ex- part. It's, it's 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 super disappointing to me look and look i don't like the finale i there's there's no, we've talked about almost that, yeah. nothing about the episode eight that i like and except land Mandragora. Len will always what be perfect. What a man. Uh, the, I don't like it because it is, it, it's this weird, no one is being told the story. Mm-hmm. This information isn't relevant to our characters in that episode. It is, it is just a flashback at the beginning of the episode to have a flashback at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. It, it doesn't like tie in. And so by taking the desperation out of it, you, you, you take the point out. Yeah. And, and, and you just, you tell this story about how, well, one day Luce fucked around and found out, and that, that's not what happened? Yeah. But now, canonically for the show, that is what happened. Like, so they're, in order to portray Luce in any other way moving forward, and he's a character in the show. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, pre- he's relevant to Rand for the rest of, as far as we know, the rest of the show, right? Yeah. He's always there. In order to change the audience's perception about this character... They, they're going to have to do another flashback to give context to the flashback that should have just had context to begin with. Yeah. The world should have been on fucking fire. Yes. Like. Yes. It should have been. And, and the exchange between the two characters should have been a screaming match. It should have been two people in a seats of power. You're fucking absolutely tearing into each other. Yeah. For, because the world is at stake. She should be giving him hell for making this choice that is absolutely deranged, that she views as damaging all of humanity. And he should be just laying into her for being a coward. Because yeah. it is it, it is the direst final moments of these two characters. Mm-hmm. 
everything is on the line. Yeah. And instead, the scene portrays it as this, like, have a, do you want some tea? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sugar, milk, what, what, what do you want? I can order room service. Like, like it's, it's the most casual fucking end yeah, of the yeah. world discussion ever. And it, it's, it's just, it's disappointing to me because Strike a Child Ghoul makes it into. Makes it desperate. The, all of the women have decided to join Posey Parker. Like, even ones who aren't yeah. even powerful enough to do it. Like, the, the, the Strike a Child Ghoul makes it into this, like, epic story of these two sides that cannot come together. And because mm. of that, the men are harmed forever. Yeah. Even though the men do win, right? They do, yeah, they do achieve, they, they do accomplish something. And I know that Robert Jordan has said that, yes, if the women had been there, then that side of the power would have also been tainted. But, like, there's no way that the characters in the story would have known that. Agreed, yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, just because that's what would have happened, that is what's, what would have happened, I don't want to put that on the characters uh, for the decisions that they made. And mm-hmm. so I'm not, I, I would love to know more about what this I said I thought would happen in this situation. Like, she's like, no, we're not going to do anything because my plan failed. Just feels more like pigheadedness than it does yeah. logic. And may- maybe that is what it's meant to feel like. And obviously we don't have the entire history of what happened. The the, the, the excerpt is very detailed in that, like, we only have fragments. Um, but I do find the whole conversation very, very interesting. So Yeah, I I, I like Strike a Child Ghoul. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. I think it is well written, and I, I, I like what it is in hindsight. Yeah. I wanted, what I was hoping was that it was going to be loose there and tell them on Strike a Child Ghoul from the perspective of the people who did it, as opposed to being more of a, like, historical document about the Strike a Child Ghoul. Yeah. Um. But for what it is, it is good. It, it's interesting. Um, I, I kind of... I, I wish that it was within the narrative at some point. It would have been interesting to get, yeah. like, Rand reading this document. So, so that we could and have seen... It. Just so that we could have seen how our characters within the books react to the information. Because there is some very interesting information in it that yeah. I think would have... Um, like maybe Adelis and Vandine or whatever when they're like accumulating the history of the world information in their tiny little cabin. Mm-hmm. Maybe Moraine gets to read this. Yeah, I, I just think it would have been it would have been cool to see the characters from Wheel of Time react to the information within this. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree to that. Um, Ke- uh, uh, Kenny, welcome back to the nerd table. If I remember right, one of the women had a foretelling that convinced the other women not to participate. That's not in Strike a Child Ghoul. So that's I don't know where that's from. Strike. But. Um, so with the information that we have, we don't like, um, yeah, that's not inf- any information that we're given yet. Uh, they just, it, it doesn't really actually give much of her reasoning as to why. Yeah. She just thinks it's like too dangerous. Yeah, so I did like it. I, I did actually, I enjoyed the talk of the translating it within Strike. I thought that was interesting yeah. um, because it does imply that there was a different language in the Age of Legends, which opens so many fucking questions. Don't worry We've about talked that. about languages in Wheel of Time and how that, it just doesn't make any sense. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's, it was, it was a cool little ex- excerpt. I, 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 I enjoyed it, it yeah. but, uh, oh, this is. I have the world. This is. Not I was just. I. I was. I, I. I want. I want more Age of Legends stuff. Honestly, I don't know if we get it, but I. I would love some perspective Age of Legends stuff. Yeah, um, I don't think we get it, but it yeah, because cool. it's, it's just such a cool time period, right? Mm-hmm. And what does, 
what does a world with what does a world with magic but also technology how how what does that look like yeah and i because of the nature of the magic in wheel of time i think that there's an interesting story to tell there unfortunately we know the end of it so like there's not a lot of surprise like we know the devil does kind of win and then get sealed for 3000 years but mm-hmm. um yeah i enjoyed it yeah me too yeah, should we start answering questions? We got some questions from y'all. So we're going to talk about the Knife of Daggers. <clears throat> knife of Daggers time. It's, it's, it is time. Loki asks, Loki, uh, if you were to finish writing the rest of Wheel of Time from this point, what characters and plot lines do you think would be easy to write and which might you struggle with? Ooh, interesting. I would have a really easy time writing two on. Oh no, her ship sank to the bottom of the ocean and she was consumed by a kraken. The opening sentence of The Gathering Storm. Ah, shucks. Uh... Tuan looked over the balcony of her ship at The Gathering Storm. A kraken mouth opened beneath her and she was dead. Switch perspectives. She saw her whole life flash before her eyes and realized maybe she was a shitty person. Um, yeah, no, that's... Should have known you are fucking gonna go there. Um, I... I think I would have, hmm, ah, that's really interesting. I think I would struggle writing any of the women's perspectives because Robert Jordan does not see women how I see women. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, writing a, writing the women as being combative and bitchy and th- like that kind of vibe, is it's not something that... I I really I get that I really I understand, um, and so I think writing any of the I said I would be a huge struggle for me, um, because I just I just don't get it. Um, to me, that doesn't feel like real people. It feels like caricatures of, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I would really struggle with writing the I said I. I think, I think honestly. That I would have the easiest time writing Perrin's stuff. Yeah, Perrin, Perrin and really, Fire would be easy. I understand Perrin. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that would be the one that would come to me most naturally, personally. I think that if I were to take over from here, I would... It, I, I see. I don't know that. I, I I don't know that it would work. I, I don't know that I could. Right. Like because I would my what I would want to write about from here on out would be so different from what this series is interested in being about. Yeah, but you're not changing the story. You just which perspectives like. Well, which but I don't know where the story goes from here. And there's no plots. Like the mm-hmm. only plot to finish right now is Egwene's. All the other plots kind of come to an end at the end of the last book, right? Yeah, and they start new goals. And so for me, like I. I would probably write a lot of Tom, uh, Tom Marilyn. And I would use the Gleeman element of it to tell the story of the Wheel of Time. Yeah. J- just to give it some distance um, and to allow... I, that, that that would just be my preferred way of doing that. So sure. I would probably have a lot of Tom Marilyn. Um, I, I would... Maybe Loyal. I would love to write more... Uh, I would love to write a future for Morgase that really like pays off the journey she's been on in a way that gives her agency and it just justifies how much shit she's been through. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that Margase would be a really fun one. Rand, Rand would be interesting just, just to play around with the, 
the loose theron in his head and what that actually means for him. Yeah, totally. But but also like in my version of it, characters would talk to one another. Yeah, that like, would be the that would be the most difficult part about writing this story because I would have people communicate about things and people don't. Well, I would just have people teleporting around to make plans. Yeah. Like and then that would that would be the thing, right? Like I would literally be like, Rand can teleport. He goes to Elaine once a week and they have lunch to make sure they're on the same page about shit. Yeah. He goes to Avienda, you know, like at the very minimum, I would have them have like a schedule where they get together and plan out how they're gonna fight the fucking devil, as opposed to being like, We're not talking about it. You go do your thing, I'm gonna go do my thing, and I'm gonna hope that what you do fucking works with what I do. Yeah, like honestly, like Rand should leave a trusted channeler with each of the, like, world leaders, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, Elaine yeah. and Egwene. Uh, obviously, Elena, not so much. But, mm -hmm. it, you know, the kings of... I guess he's the king of Ilion. But, like, whoever is is in charge of whatever nation, faction, whatever it may be, so that, yeah, they can all come together and, like, be on the same page or about just the devil. have one night a week where Elaine, Egwene, Avienda, Nynaeve, and Rand meet in fucking Teleranriad, a place they can all go to, mm -hmm. and they can all just have a conversation once a week to be like, all right, we're about to fight the devil. What are you guys up to? They find the WhatsApp Terangriel. <laughs> James Gunn, thank you for that super chat. Oh my gosh, I love, uh, love, love your movies. Love uh, your movies, and I really like... Um, really excited for your Peacemaker, DCEU. You know? <laughs> I'm really excited for your DCEU. Can't wait to see your Spider-Man movie. Um, Superman yeah. movie. Thank you for that. Spider-Man. I can't wait to see your Superman movie. Thank you for that super chat. World Leader um, Game Night. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's kind of necessary. I would but. have, oh, I would definitely write the Sea Folk to be like, we have to go find out what happened to the Amir and never come back. They, they they sail off to go check on the Amir and we never hear about a they, Windfinder or Sail Mistress ever again. They, they flank the Dark One from the back and then, you know. No, they, I would start, I would start the Gathering Storm with an epic sea battle between the Sanchin and the Sail Mistresses and they wipe each other out. And everyone does. And so Tuan and all of the, uh, all of the, like, all of the oh Sanchin and God. all of the wave mistresses, they fucking kill each other and we move on from that shit to fight the devil. Mm -hmm. And then this and then and then we have like the sea folk go out taking out the Sanchin. So it's like a huge victory. And yeah. so they get this like big brouhaha moment, and we never have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Icicle 3030 asks prediction time, which, if any of the Emmonsfield five, will fight for the shadow in the last battle. Okay, I think if it was going to be oh, no, any of them, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's. Uh... You struggling with this one? So my gut instinct mm -hmm. was Perrin. What? Because Perrin's like, yeah, I'll just put a bunch of women into slavery to get my wife back. Ah, uh, so if yeah. Fayil gets taken by the Dark One. Then he has to call the wolves for the dark, which I, the the wolves probably like wouldn't. But I just th that was my like first gut reaction, which I don't think I, I don't think I'm gonna lock in as my final answer. But I just wanted to be honest with y'all. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I I see where that comes from. I think it's Egwene. Really? Yeah. Yeah. At this point, yeah. Okay. I think uh, I think Egwene is. In the most, the, the, in the position to be most easily manipulated 
into being on the dark one side because she is so disconnected from all of the other like good characters and she has surrounded herself within an institution that is just fund that we know is fundamentally mm. corrupted by the dark one and so if anyone would fall to the darkness i could see it being Egwene with the idea that the Aes Sedai are right and her believing so much in the system of the Aes Sedai not realizing that that system has been so deeply corrupted already that there is yeah, like, maybe, like, the Dark One invented the fucking Oath Rod to take away half their life, and, like, it was an, a Black Aja who came up with the three oaths. Yeah, I mean, maybe, right? Like, I, I, I just, I think that the, because we know that the council, the, the Dark Council, or whatever they call themselves, uh, the Council of the Black exists mm-hmm. within the structure of the Aes Sedai, I think that in taking over that the White Tower and becoming the... Um, Amerlin's seat of the entire structure, I could see her being manipulated into working against Rand in a way that helps the shadow. Yeah. I don't think that... Like, I don't think any of them will. I don't picture Egwene becoming a... Um, what are, what's the fucking term for them? Huh? The term for the... the, the, the Not, not forsaken. Lord. Yeah. I don't think Egwene would like kneel and become a dreadlord, but I could see her being manipulated into helping, helping the, the shadow by accident. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think any of them will, like, fight for the shadow, but, like, it's fun to be like, if any of them, you know, which which would it be? Uh, Monkey is correct. We are going to Jordan Con. We are not currently going to Jordan, the country, but I would love to see Jordan one day. I've heard it's an absolutely beautiful country. My friend Mitch went there to teach for a while. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so I I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't think she's going to, like, join the dark, but I also could see Egwene going the direction of especially, okay, especially she has this prediction about the Sanchen attacking the White Tower, and Rand is trying to work a truce with the Sanchen. If she hears about that truce in the wrong way, and thinks that Rand and the Sanchen work together to take down the White Tower, I could see that turning her towards the darkness. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Um... Avoid Peril says, other books in the series have had a clear link between the title and the content of the book. What do you think A Knife of Dreams actually is? There's that, there, yeah, there's that thing at the beginning of the book about, uh, is, is like a knife of dreams. I don't know. It could be anything. It's fantasy. That's why we call it Knife of Daggers, because it makes more sense. Well, that also doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, Knife of Dreams, I, I don't know. I've always found this one a little bit strange, and I don't have, like, context for it. And, like, knife the only of dreams. knife that's in it that's of any real importance is the knife that Avienda is like, the Dark One can't see you if you have this, but I don't think, I don't know why that would be a Knife of Dreams. It's also not relevant to this book. The Knife of Dreams yeah. to me makes more sense books ago when Isam and Luke come out of Teleron Riyadh to attack with their knives and then go back into Teleron Riyadh. Like, if you were to call him the Knife of Dreams assassin, I would be like, that makes sense. That would be cool, actually. Yeah. The Knife of Dreams assassin. Yeah. Remember, remember Isam and what's his face? Isam and Luke? Luke, yeah, man, it's been a minute. Yeah. Do you remember Asmodian? Uh... God, Fs in chat for Asmodian. Josh Timko as Nerdy used to work at a restaurant, so I thought it would be fun to ask, what drink do each of the characters in the Wheel of Time order? I'll go first. Catswain gets a Pinot Grigio on ice for sure. Fuck no. No, no, no. Catswain orders a Chardonnay. Uh, <laughs> chilled to the bone, no ice. 
Uh, if it's not cold enough when it arrives at the table, she sends it back, and you have to chill the glass and re-pour it so that she has a perfectly chilled Chardonnay. Uh, she is far too classy to drink a Pinot Grigio. Yeah, sure. I mean, I was... <laughs> I was going to say she probably drinks fucking champagne or some shit. No, let's but. be let's be honest. Cat Swain drinks a gin martini straight up in and out with the vermouth. You know what I mean? Three blue cheese olives. If you don't have blue cheese, she will leave. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um I did, here's the thing. I I actually don't know like a ton of drinks. I was never like a bartender, but um if I were to guess um, I think that, oh, what's, I think Elena orders an espresso martini. Oh, yeah, because she wants people to have to work for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to work for that fucking drink, and you're going to hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I feel like Swan drinks picklebacks because she wants the, like, brine of the ocean. I don't know what that is, but sure. Uh, it's where you fall off shot with a shot of pickle juice. Um, oh, uh, Matt has Jaeger bombs all day, Matt every day. Does Jaeger, Jaeger bombs. bombs for Matt from Cawthon every day of the week. Perrin drinks like a really rough, like Guinness red IPA. Oh, okay. You know, okay. like a dark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Elaine drinks the most like dainty boot. Elaine, I think, is me has my taste for liquor. Elaine does not drink alcohol. She, she is like a, a cranberry soda. No, Elaine drinks a virgin strawberry daiquiri. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. she's pregnant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Nynaeve is definitely like a Merlot, like a heavy red wine drinker. Avienda just drinks straight gin. Moonshine. Moonshine, yeah, yeah, Avienda, yeah. no, Avienda likes the apple pie moonshine. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because she's yeah. gone soft in the wetlands. She used to drink just straight moonshine, but now it's apple now pie it's, moonshine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, okay, who are we missing? Rand? Rand? Rand drinks... Fucking Goldschlager. No, 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 no. Rand is, Rand is very... Um, Rand drinks a cocktail, but it's a manly cocktail. A uh, Manhattan. No, uh, Rand drinks a Negroni. Negroni. And uh, and Elaine Avienda <laughs> and Min drink uh, Negroni Spagliatos. We're Prosecco in it. We have Prosecco in it, yes. That is what Spagliato means. Um, oh, my God. Incredible. Who are we missing? What does Luce Theron drink? Luce Theron drinks Manhattans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but perfect Manhattans. Not like your regular Manhattan. No, it's got to be perfect. Do you know what a perfect Manhattan is? Not a clue. It's my favorite drink. I know. I, I... Perfect Manhattan is where you do um, half dry and half... Uh, sweet vermouth. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I've never had vermouth, um, so. But but I I I love that I gave Luce Theron my drink, but I, I think that it is the right drink for him. I think that he, like myself, drinks a rye Manhattan. Land drinks water. Land Mandragoran drinks fucking water. No, Land drinks anything. No, he's always ready to Lan, fight the blight. Land is like Legolas, where he goes into the bar and he drinks everyone under the table and does not feel it. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Like I think I feel something. Mm-hmm. It's like tingling in my fingers. I think we did everyone right. That's all the main characters. Mm, Moraine, we did not do if we wanted. Moraine do doesn't drink because she's dead. Wow. No, I think I think Moraine is like a a mimosa girly. Mimosa girly. Yeah, Moraine feels like a morning drinker. I was gonna she say she needs like it to sangria? do with Rand throughout the day. Mo- no, uh, Moraine drinks white pear sangria. 
Ah, that sounds from that uh, yeah. from Ariba Ariba on Fifty Second Street. Um, <laughs> Specifically, this drink from this place. All right, next question. We 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 did that one. That was fun. Sharon Scout says to add the, to the above. What's the name of your inn and where in Randland can we find it? Is it oh gear friendly? Well, I'm six four, so so yes, yes. Uh, I don't like hitting my head on things. Oh, Loyal. We didn't talk about Loyal. Speaking of a gear. Oh. Ooh, what does Loyal drink? Loyal, see, Loyal's big, so you think that he's going to drink something hard, but Loyal is also prissy. And so I feel like Loyal drinks very dainty cocktails. I was going to say he drinks fucking uh, gin smashes. Loyal, no, you know what it is? Loyal doesn't have time to make drinks because he doesn't want to take time away from reading. So he drinks pre made cocktails because he doesn't waste time making them. Pre made from, from the can. Eyes, uh, you know, <laughs> some fucking palm. Oh my god, whatever. That's they are. so funny. <laughs> Loyal drinks whatever's fastest so he can get back to his book. Yeah, 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 yeah. White Claw. He drinks White Claw. Ooh. I feel like Tam Althor likes Mezcal. <sighs> mezcal? Sure. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but. Berlain. Yeah. Berlain's a tequila girl. Berlain is tequila? Yes. Berlain? Berlain doesn't yes. even, it's not even cocktails, it's yes. tequila shots. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%, yeah. Um, what is the name of our inn? It's gotta be something dirty, right? Yeah. Oh, it's the Peg and Egg. The Peg and Egg! Yes! Sorry, you're right, you're right. Somewhere a, deep in Andor, there, you can find the Peg and Egg. The Peg and Egg, the Peg and Egg Inn, uh, where you can... Where would it be? I feel like because we're such, like, horny delinquents, mm-hmm. we would be in Maine. Maine, probably, yeah. yeah. Or we either You'd there like, or yeah, in Aridome. Yeah. Somewhere where they don't wear a lot of clothing. No, yeah. you like the weather. We'd be in Maine. On Maine. the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would be in Maine, and, and it would be called the Peg and Egg. The Peg and Egg? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, definitely ogre-friendly. I, I like, or, like, maybe something like the Dragon's Rear End, or... The Karakarn. The Karakarn. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, the Pagan Egg is a callback to a Twitch stream from a while ago. Definitely, um, definitely O'Gear friendly though. And I'm sleeping in the O'Gear bed. Because mm-hmm. O'Gear beds are just California kings, right? This California kings. Uh, Iljwam, bringing the mood down with Do you think Tuan is redeemable? And if so, how? Uh, no. Uh, Not at this point. It's tough, right? Because, like, I don't think that the books have enough time to focus on her. But, like, Mm -hmm. Tuan just, like, Tuan would have to not be okay with slavery, would have to work to undo everything that her ancestors have done. Which she can't do because her culture doesn't exist Her culture is dead. So I genuinely, like, I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the problem problem for, like, redeeming Tuan is that... she, 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 as a character, would have to come to terms with the fact that her culture is harmful to the Dakaval in the domain. She would have to go home and work to undo that. You can't, it's not enough to just say like, I don't agree with that anymore. Being anti-racist and anti-harm means doing the work of undoing harm that you have done. Yeah. And so in order to fulfill her redemption, she would have to go do that. But the culture that she can find redemption through curing of its ills doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, so it, the the series actually makes it really tough for me to find a way that would be redeemable for her. Um, yeah. And then that's that's kind of unfortunate, to be honest. Narafin says Galad goes to a bar to drink coffee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds exactly correct. Although I've also, you know, I've done it. A little Irish coffee. A little Baileys and coffee. That's fair. Yeah. That's different than just coffee, though. Yeah, well, you know, you've had a few drinks. 
and you're taking a lady or a gentleman home with you to bone down, mm-hmm. and you're a little you worried about whiskey up. dick, you, you want to make sure that you can get it up. Of course. Uh, Bailey's and coffee, you keep drinking, but that caffeine, I feel like, I, maybe this is just me, but I feel like it gets the blood flowing. I wouldn't know. It's a little late night caffeine, but you're planning on staying up late anyway, so like... Oh, yeah, I know. You're already going to, like, be having a long night. That's so. my secret. Your secret? Yeah. Baileys and coffee? Before I leave the bar, the last call, have a Baileys and coffee, go home, you'll be turgid. Um, I don't think I like that. You don't like that word for Mm-mm. when you're... All right. Um, uh, Embry says no espresso martinis. Espresso martinis are too much sugar. Uh, if you want a headache, why Alayda, if you want to wake up with a terrible hangover, do an espresso martini. That's why Alayda drinks espresso martinis. Also, uh, if you order an espresso martini, your bartender hates you. If you order five espresso martinis, your bartender spits on them. Um, wow. Verlok says, what are your top five lingering questions plot lines to be resolved in the last three books? What is Tarman Gaiden? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what is Tarman Gaiden? What is Tarman Gaiden? What is Tarman Gaiden and what is Tarman Gaiden? Uh, yeah, Inquiring Minds would like to know. Um, what is Tarman Gaten? How the fuck is Rand supposed to survive Luce Theron inside of his head? Or or doesn't survive? Like, the whole yeah. him being actually there uh, makes things really... I don't know. Dangerous? dangerous? Oh, I've got one. Oh. Who actually has the biggest tits? The biggest tits yeah, yeah. In, in the Wheel of Time? Who killed Asmodian? Mm-hmm. Um, and let me think. Seriously, though, like one the of the horrific death that Aleda in, gets. Uh, some of mine are like, um, some real ones is what is the thing, what, what is the thing that Cad Swain teaches Rand that. Why does Cad Swain need to be there? Like, what is the point of this? Like, I really, y'all know how I feel about Cad Swain. What justifies her behavior? Yeah. Um, uh, how do how how does Luke and Assam fi- figure into the finale? How do the Eelfin yeah. and Eelfin figure into what's Luke happening? Luke and Assam, I'm like, I don't know. Um, are the Eelfin and Eelfin gonna fight in Tarman Gaiden as well, or are they just literally interdimensional beings? Like fucking, I don't even know. What is the glory that Loghain accomplishes? That that one I'm interested in. I like Loghain a lot right now. Yeah, um, like I feel like I have an idea of where that's headed at least. Yeah, but it's gonna be interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. What else? I think we've covered more than five. Yeah. Uh, Bed Bond Balefire. This is from M Dash, Savannah, Suroth, and Semiraj. Oh my god. Okay, Semiraj. Who's Suroth? Suroth, the High Lady Suroth, the Dark Friend, Sancho. Oh, right, 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 right. I was so, thinking Sulin, and I was like, why did you? Th- yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, there's too many S names. So Suroth. Semiraj. Semiraj, you definitely... Marry. Oh. I was going to say, you definitely fuck Semiraj, because she can at least give you a good night. She's really good with the whole pleasure thing. Well, like, mm-hmm, yeah. So I, I would I would fuck Semiraj. I would marry Savannah and then move across the planet. What? Um, you would no, marry Savannah? Yeah, and then never fucking see her again. That's not how this works. No, 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 no. You are, you, this is the person okay, you no, no, sleep no. next to I at night. I would marry Savannah because she's a fucking dumbass. And so, I, like, I, I would always feel like I was, like, three steps ahead of her. So I didn't have to actually worry about her, like, straight up murdering me. And then Suroth is a slaver and a dark friend. 
Uh, I would just kill her, I guess. I would marry Semiraj. Although Savannah is technically a... Join the evil side and take over the world. Oh, I would fun. go full evil. Fun. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, I think I would fuck Suroth and kill some. I don't fucking know. These Savannah's are all awful people. Savannah's got big titties, though. Suroth has big titties. They all have... They, they are women in the Wheel of Time. They have big titties. Sorry, you're right. My bad. You can't go by titty size. I don't know. Like, the, yeah, this is a this is a real tough one. I think that I, I would... I hate them all. <laughs> I don't know. Suroth asked you to keep your eyes down the whole time. I feel like Suroth... With, with Semiraj, whether I try and kill her, fuck her, or marry her, I die no matter what. Yeah. I feel like I die in all three of those scenarios, so I'm going to deal with Semiraj first so that I'm just dead and I don't have to make a choice. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you remember any of the prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled and which of those you're most interested to, to see in the last books, apart from just Harmon Gaiden in general? I don't remember the prophecies that have not been fulfilled. There's so many fucking prophecies. Um, Rand has to shed blood at Shia Ghoul. Yeah, he has to kill himself to, to win. Perrin and Matt have to be there or else Rand loses. Uh, Elaine's babies are gonna be fine until they're born. I feel like we're. Uh, oh, the Sanchin are going to attack the White Tower, so that's one. Oh, that, that's one. I can't remember all the prophecies. Is there a list of prophecies somewhere? There probably is. Um. Um. Let's move on to Ildram's question. Uh, what yeah. made you so so sure Semiraj was hiding in the White Tower? Uh, the fact that her and Masana are interchangeable to me at this point and so I knew it was either one or both of them well and they do seem to be working together um yeah so I I don't know and Samaraj was torturing an Aes Sedai in her warder but she was torturing an Aes Sedai that they captured who didn't make it back Prince Caspian right no, Her I name's Cabri Cab Cabrianne Cabriel Cabri. Oh, Cabriana was the Cabriana. one that uh, Halima said that she knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Ian Johnson, thank you for the super chat. Ian, thank you so much. Welcome on in. Made a live stream, and first subject is titties. Always. We love titties. I just yeah, her like not making it back to the tower. It it, it does seem very connected to the White Tower, which is mm -hmm. why I feel like she's there somewhere. I think that we. Yeah, I feel like we thought that because she was torturing an Aes Sedai in a tower, that she was in the White Tower, and she wasn't. So I think that was partially just an assumption on our part. Yeah. And that's what led us there. Um, yeah. And maybe she is in the White Tower. Like, we don't know that she isn't, right? Um, yeah. We just know that Masana definitely is. Krisu says, which nations or organizations took the most damage from being ruled or directly influenced by Forsaken, in your opinion? And or... Uh, it's pretty up there. The White Tower. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think the White Tower because they are the ones with influence over other people, and so they've done the most hurt and damage by the negative, like, evil influences yeah. that the Black Aja have, uh, have instilled. It's hard because both Andor and the White Tower have both gone to war with themselves because of the influence. You know who was the least damaged? Ilian. Samael didn't do too bad. Yeah, there was some fighting at the walls, but uh, that's about it. Yeah, a little, a little bit, but it, yeah. was, it wasn't bad. No big deal. Rand just kind of came in and was like, pew pew. Rand took that one over pretty quick, and it seemed and and Rand had been sending food into Ilian, and like 
I, I guess it only was okay because Rand had kind of saved it with the food. But but Samael didn't stop the food from coming in, so Rand kind of didn't. Samael really didn't fuck up Ilian that bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm now. I'm I'm gonna go with the White Tower. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Andor for sure. Yeah. Um, Kaftharag asks, "What are the most important Chekhov's guns Jordan left for Sanderson?" That's a really interesting question. Um. What bombs haven't gone off yet? Well, the uh, all of the there's still some seals intact, and the seals are all gonna have to get broken, right? I would say the the seals are one of them. I, that's kind of like a kind of like a Chekhov's gun. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Halima, and the information she has about the Aes Sedai is one. Um, obviously the Sanchen attacking the White Tower is one that uh, needs to be addressed. Um. That's tough. There aren't a lot of Chekhov's guns in this anymore. I, they, they, there yeah. were, but they kind of were. They, they, a lot of them were used at the end of Knife of Dreams. Yeah. Because like we we the 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 Tarangrails we've used the the Sa'angrail, sorry the big ones we've yeah. used those. Yeah. The taint is cleansed. Um, the the Tarangrails that uh, Avienda identified didn't have any like crazy war properties. No, the only one that's still kind of left is like the Elfin Elfin and the role that they have to play. Within the rest of the story, yeah, but that's not really a Chekhov's gun. Like not we have really. to go there. The, che- yeah. the the idea of Chekhov's gun is like you introduce an object, and its effect has to affect the plot. Yeah, and there aren't a lot of objects left whose effects on the plot we haven't already felt in some way. Yeah. Oh, um, the male Adam. No, no male. That that's the biggest one, right? No man has been Adamed yet. True. We keep finding them, and the, yeah. Although, but but Rand also got them back. But that doesn't mean he has all of them. Yeah. So the male Adam's probably the biggest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say that that's the biggest one, for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else, but I, can't, I, I really can't. Yeah. <laughs> N- Nerafid says the Red Rod. We need to know what Elaine did. Didn't the Red Rod just like, is, isn't it a vibrator? That ma- makes you lose your mind? remember. I, I don't know. I, I, this left very ambiguous. <laughs> Uh, Wheel Up Time says, um, Bedbond Balefire, Galad, Brigitte, Fail. That's tough. I'm killing Fail, fucking Brigitte, and marrying Galad. Bedbond Balefire. I would kill Fail. Mm-hmm. I think I would marry Brigitte and I would fuck Galad. Because, like, Brigitte, I feel like, has got experience in, like, a, communication. Brigitte actually does communicate sometimes. but And also in, like, the bedroom. And so having, like, a fun marriage that lasts a long time would be better than with Galad, who's, like, a little bit, like, just vanilla, you know? Okay. Galad just does missionary, and so I would do it once. Counterpoint. Uh-huh. You're marrying someone who is never going to truly love you as much as their true love. Well, if they can't be with their true love... You want to be second choice forever? You want to be, like, lying underneath them as they thrust away, wondering what who they're thinking about? Well, no, I don't have to wonder. I, I, I know and I understand. It's, like, people who, like, find other people to love. Like, they, I might, even if I wasn't, like, their, like, first choice, it doesn't need to be a hierarchy of choices. It can be, I love this person, but I've also, I also love this person. Hmm. Like, people yeah. who say that, like, you know, that it's, that it has to be, like, an order 
in which you love people, I don't think really understand. Berserker says, who's to say Clarus isn't Gaidal reborn? Are you a very unattractive man? <laughs> Oopsie. You uh, caught me. <laughs> Wheel of Time also asks, who sucks the most? Uh, the entirety of the Shido or one Cat Swain? The Shido. The Shido. Fuck. The Shido. Look, I don't like Cat Swain, but she's not. She hasn't enslaved anybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's fair. I, there, there's a hierarchy of bad, and Cat Swain is frustrating and annoying because she won't. Like all I, all I need Cat Swain to do as a character is just try different tactics to get people on her side, and I would be so much more interested in her. I fucking mm. hate the Shido. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're not the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they are not I'm the same. frustrated with Ket Swain because she is obstinate. Mm -hmm. And I am obstinate in my frustration with her. I understand that before I get fucking YouTube comments about how I'm an obstinate human. I know that I am. That's why I'm complaining about Ket Swain after five books. But there, there's a huge difference mm -hmm. between being a frustrating character and being a uh, rapist slaver. Yeah, yeah. He's, Important he, distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to make it, you know. Um, Ilshwam asks, Perrin was willing to allow 400 Shido wise ones to be enslaved in order to rescue Fael. Yeah. Which we can all agree, not good. However, is it as bad or worse than killing them, which was basically his only alternative, not saying it is or isn't either way. I think it's a legitimately interesting moral question. <sighs> that, th this, this question implies that you have to take... That, that you have to take their their punishment uh, into your own hands. That it, th This question mm -hmm. is kind of like, you have to have the mental capacity to know what is the proper punishment to suit a crime. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, you know, in, in real life, we have laws that depict that that are created by groups of people, by, you know, a democracy in, in, our, in our instance, right? Like, the, the, the laws are a collaborative process and not one person deciding either way uh well you know how i feel about the law yeah law does not make good right law yeah. is bad um it law can be bad right yeah, uh, yeah. i i think that there is a inherent issue with any system that involves lifelong slavery so I I, I I am upset with Perrin for his decisions here because, I look, do I think that there should be punishment for how the Shido behaved? Yes. Do I think that because they have Aiel culture within their military ranks who could have taken over these wise ones and that there could have been rehabilitation here, which we have seen the Aiel do for other characters like the Aes Sedai that tried to take Rand? Do I think that there is already a system to rehabilitate people who have done wrong within this world? Yes. And so given the fact that we have a system that involves Aiel culture being being the rehabilitators mm -hmm. and that Perrin has magic access to those rehabilitators, I am frustrated by him allowing those women to be enslaved for the rest of their lives. So no, I, I think there is a third option. And their third option is that you, they have wise ones who can deal with these women and who can rehabilitate them. Yeah. And I think that the third option is best. I, that third option yeah. is not available because he aligned himself with the Sanchin. And so I think that Perrin has chosen an option that puts a pretty black mark on his soul, right? Yeah, oh, It's yeah. a pretty like inherently, like, it's an inherent evil that he has committed by allying himself with people who are taking women as slaves in order to save his wife. And, like, do the yeah. ends justify the means? For me, no. 
For Perrin, yes. And like the thing is that we are all different and I'm not in Perrin's shoes. So I don't I don't have to deal with that moral question, but Perrin does. Yeah. And I do do I think that he made the right choice? I think that he's going to have to figure that out in the long term. Um Yeah. Yeah. There's no I don't think there's like a correct choice in this instance. But I don't I don't think it's as simple as they either all get killed or they all get enslaved. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I just think is like a kind of an issue with the with the question in and of itself, because I think there's there's just more to it than that. Yeah, and I and I think that the the problem is in inherently in working with an evil system, and mm-hmm. like the 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 laws of the Sanchin are evil. Mm-hmm. They're they're they are inherently wrong laws, and so by aligning yourself with a system that perpetuates inequality upon the people that you are fighting you are perpetuating inequality in perpetuity in a way that like the 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 idea that just because you are fighting someone from another system means that they should lose their freedom forever is inherently wrong in my eyes right yeah and to never have access to like free will again yeah right because that's what the callers are it's not it's it's not just like you're, you know, going to prison and you have to work for your whole life. It's like you you can't fucking sit down without yeah. permission. And that's And so Perrin up. Perrin Perrin takes the easy way out here. And he he has to live with that. Mm-hmm. And th- that that's life. Like we all make decisions. And, and look, like the, the, it, sometimes moral decisions that you make in your life are things that you have to live with. Yep. And they they're you know, it's it's not clean. Life isn't clean, but um, we it, can all just do our best. Yeah, and I don't think Perrin did his best here. I think Perrin found an easy way out, and he worked with not the devil because there is a devil in this world, but he worked with a devil, and he has to live with that. And I, I don't know if the books will ever get into it, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, and this is this is why I think that the axe moment should have been after the fight with the Shido, so that him throwing the axe into the tree could have been related to him realizing his decision making was flawed here. Um, yeah. As opposed to him <laughs> being like, ah, violence is bad. Let me take this hammer and go enslave some women. You know what I mean? Like there, there's an inherent kind of weirdness in where they place his frustration with his own decision making yeah because he then goes and makes one of his worst decisions yeah and it's tough yeah 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 um rob ross asks what payoff from loose ends in side quests and side characters are you most excited about being wrapped up before the last battle I just want to really quickly says, Faiso Can mm-hmm. says, I think parents should have asked Rand for help. The reason they aren't in contact is weak and no longer relevant. Agreed. I um, agree with that. Yep. Yeah. And honestly, Rand should be there to fucking deal with Masima himself. I'm sorry. Like, I... Yeah. Masima is a fucking blight on the world. Uh, this is Rob Ross, right? Uh, yes. What pale from loose ends in side quests and side characters are you most excited about being wrapped up before the last battle? Uh, side quests. Um... I guess, like, bringing more, more rain, rain back, back is, yeah. is That's got to be the big one. one. Yeah. And, like, you know, uh, Morgase's uh, more reveal to the world. Because now that Morgase is safe, Morgase, so, someone has to recognize her at some point. So, like, Morgase seeing Elaine again, like, I think, and, and revealing to, a, like, because Elaine being like, oh, you are still queen. And I want the scene where Morgase is like, no, I said the words. You are queen. I love you. I'm proud of you. 
I made this choice because I knew that you could do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that yeah. like the the Morgase one is the one I want the most. That's a hundred percent fair. Even I more, love that. I, if Maureen doesn't come back, I'm kind of okay with it either way. Yeah. I obviously she has to now that the letter's been brought up, mm -hmm. but like for me, there has to be an end of Morgase's story, because because like why did we do all of this? Yep, for sure. Um, and I also think that the dangling thread of um, Galad. Uh, with the white cloaks, you know, like, like kind of turning against their fundamental beliefs for, like, the good of the world. Mm -hmm. And I hope that that also does tie into Elaine and Morghese somehow. I could see that right? one tying in during Tarman. I don't need that to wrap up before Tarmangaden. That feels sure. like... That, that, to me, could take place during the final battle. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. And Galad riding in with the white cloaks... Not as an antagonist to Rand, but as reinforcement to Rand, I think would actually be a very beautiful moment. Yeah. Um, you know, if you know that turn could happen then. Yeah, yeah. I don't I need that to resolve too soon. Fair. No, that's 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 totally fair. James Gunn, thank you for the super chat. Thank you for the super chat. <laughs> um, I like you guys, but y'all have really hands down crowned yourselves as the worst Attack on Titan reactors. Thank you for your money. Appreciate you. it. The <laughs> worst. Uh, I love I love, love being like I love being at one end of the spectrum. I either want to be the best or the worst. I don't want to be middle of the road. Yeah, mid yeah. is boring. Yeah, yeah. We are not mid. You know what is mid? Attack on Titan. Uh, Blue Sun asks, Nerdy, you're about to read the antepenultimate book, book in the Wheel of Time. How do you feel about that word compared to your favorite? Uh, I like the word penultimate because it is clean. Mm -hmm. Antepenultimate is... Um, A little more muffled. And also, the idea of the anti-penultimate to me mm -hmm. feels like it should mean the second. Like, it should be the... Like, if the penultimate is the second last, then the anti-penultimate should be the second. Mm -hmm. The anti-penultimate being the third from the end is very strange to me, and I actually don't like it grammatically. Um, ah, okay. Like Because I, I, I think, like, pre-penultimate would be better, or, or something where the prefix actually makes me feel like it is leading to... Previous anti feels like it is the antagonist to the penultimate, which means that it should be the opposite, which to me would be like the second book, but that's totally semantic and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Swan and Moraine, this is Skeptical Mario's question, are no strangers to love. They know the rules, and so do you. If a commitment to Gareth Bryan is what Swan's thinking of, would she give Moraine up? Would she let her down? Would she run around and desert her? <laughs> Do you, know what, uh, do you know what's one of my favorite things I learned this week? What? The chord progression to uh, the new Peaches song by Bowser yeah. is the chord progression from the Rickroll. Incredible. That is, and so Jack that Black, is beautiful. Yeah. Guys, Jack Black peaches, is a Peaches, 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 oh, 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 yeah. Guys, Jack Black is a fucking Mario, genius. Luigi, and Donkey Kong too. A thousand troops of Koopas couldn't keep me from you. <laughs> anyway, um, um, look, I, I, I think that like, I, I think that Swan and Moraine both have spent like so much time apart and have like grown apart in certain ways that like it, it doesn't like they don't necessarily have to end up together it makes sense that they are older different people now and that they take the things in their lives as they come and so yeah. if if swan is gonna take gareth bryan as he comes then who are we to tell her that she can't yeah uh Cthuric says which weave would you like to come have on, that was funny what i agreed with you God damn it. i agree you're right 
<laughs> that was hilarious, and you just nothing. It was mildly humorous, and right. I went, yeah. Did you want me? <laughs> You're so No, funny. no, I, I wanted to the crowd to you. Yeah. Um, says, which weave would you like to have as a spell for a D&D character? Uh, oh, Balefire. No! Yeah, because then I because then I as a sorcerer could have like another revivify. If on the turn after my friend is killed, I could Balefire the person that killed it, I could bring my I could bring people back. Cause it'd be within six seconds, right? So Dangerous. you you could if you knew the level of Balefire for six seconds, then you could Balefire your companions back to life. And you could basically have a counterspell where you could counterspell and murder at the same time. It would be a murder counterspell. Yeah, that's not going to have any fucking It would be such a... F oh my god, we're definitely going to have that spell in our D&D campaign. Oh my god. When we do our Wheel of Time... When we do our Trolloc Wars D&D campaign, Balefire to bring people back to life is happening. I'm telling you right now. <sighs> god damn it. Um... Balefire would require a D100 roll. That's fun, Blige Monkey. You roll a D100, and how and whatever the number is on the D100 is how many seconds back the Balefire takes the world. So if you if you Balefire someone for a hundred seconds, <laughs> you could undo an entire combat, and everybody like gets their spell slots back and everything. No. It would be wild. No. That would be so no. fun. I hate it. No, no, no. That'd be it's terrible. It's like a level nine spell. No. Mm -mm. But there is a Tarangriel in the world that allows you to use the spell. So you could have two a day. No, fuck that. I hate it. I hate it. I That, that makes me want to cry. The implications of that literally like make me want to cry. I think that there would have to be like another element to it though, where you roll a second, you roll a d20 and a d100. No, it's, it's, th it, there's three components. Mm -hmm. You roll a d20 to see if you hit. And then you roll a d20 to see if you take damage as well. Oh, Jesus. Um, and then you roll a d100 to see how many seconds back you go. And the if you hit yourself, the seconds back affects you as well as the other character. If you roll a one second, your character never existed. <sighs> yeah, no, that's the implications of that are heinous, and I'm upset. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. What if you just burnt out your entire magic ability? Like... We have to have a burnout mechanic in our game. Oh, this is gonna be so, guys. I'm gonna be the worst DM. I'm gonna be so mean. Carl, he's gonna be the DM. Don't worry. God damn it! No one's gonna fuck. Oh no! I'm gonna him. be the DM. I'm gonna come up with a mechanic for this to make it a fucking nightmare. And like, you'll you'll have to reroll your character if you burn out because you won't have the your Aes Sedai won't have the magic to participate in the campaign anymore. You'll be basically useless. Oh my god. These are fucking crimes. Crimes. I tell you, no. <laughs> Verlok says, are you going to read World of Wheel of Time, a.k.a. Big White Book of Bad Art? Oh. Asking because it has some additional historical information about Trolloc walls and nations, which might be very helpful in Nerdy's Trolloc Wars campaign. I definitely will for that. I don't know if we'll do like a book club on it, because I don't, I don't know. We'll read it, and then we'll see if we're going to do a book club on it. Because yeah. I don't know that we'll have like things to talk about. Yeah, after book club, we're still going to do some like Wheel of Time related streams, right? So... Maybe this will be one of them. I, I just don't know if there's enough information for like an entire. 
book club about it, but maybe, maybe, we'll see. Fudgy Vamp says, what's burnout? If you ever use all your spells, you burn out. I don't think it's if you use all your spells. Cause I don't think That's that you should exhausted. burn out on like one and two, but I think that like at higher levels, if you use your final, like if you have four through like nine mm -hmm. and you use your final spell slot, then you have to roll to see if you burn out because you've used all of that power. No, it shouldn't be just casting the spells. It should be if you're casting like a second or third or fourth level spell at ninth level, you have to see if you can control it so you don't oh, burn I out. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Any no, anytime you use a spell above its spell level, you have to roll. And the DC changes based, based on, on how, how many, many levels? levels above. If you're using like a second level spell at like third level, it's you basically have to roll in that one. Yeah. But if yeah, you're using yeah, you a second level spell at ninth level, it's like a DC like twelve. You're just gonna you burn your, everybody else. Well, no, but I'm assuming they're gonna be wisdom characters, so you get your wisdom modifier, right? So like you're at, at at a high enough level, you'll have probably like a plus five or a plus six. So you'd have to you'd have to the roll. The most you can have is plus five wisdom. Okay, so you have a plus five plus whatever magic items you pick up. Tehran Grails that boost your, or whatever, right? So, like, the you you would still have to roll a seven or below. Oh, no, but for permanent burnout. Maybe you burn out for the permanent? day. No, you can't do that. Why? Well, because that's not how the Wheel of Time works. You don't burn out for a day. Or you have to find someone to fix it for you. <laughs> Although, no, they couldn't do that during the trial course. I don't think. No, we can, we can do whatever we want. I don't give a fuck. Fair enough. Uh, fun. Anyways, love D&D. That's exciting. Oh, this is true. Monkey says, the, are you saying that I said I are wise? Maybe we should make them intelligence casters, not wisdom casters. Fair. You know what? Fucking fair. Um, Brian the Seventh says, at this point in the series, how well do you feel that you understand the primary magic system channeling the one power? I understand that it is what it needs to be for the plot. So... Um, I yeah. thought I had a better handle on it until Rand went nuclear on the 100,000 Trollocs. 100,000. They don't have a way to count that. Uh, it was probably like 85, but, um. Oh my God, it was only 85,000 Trollocs. Uh, but, uh, I, I feel like I don't understand why the Forsaken are so underpowered now because of what Rand was able to do in that moment. And all of the Forsaken feel like absolute wimps now because of how much power Rand showed was possible if you have Age of Legends knowledge. And I think that the... the I, I've Look, I've struggled the entire series with what the Forsaken's abilities are yeah, and why they aren't wrecking shop with the knowledge that they have. And But I've always just kind of blown it off by like at least... At least nobody on the good side has powers beyond what they have. And so in that moment where Rand was like spinning portals of death and we're launching basically like fucking howitzer missiles into the crowd. Yeah, I was like, why haven't the Forsaken done any of this shit? Yeah, it, it just, it, it for me, it really ruined the Forsaken actions up until this point because like Robin should have absolutely fucking wrecked Rand. And like the idea that Robin and Samael and that, that any of them have lost to Rand now or, or that like... Any of them have not been able to just like pop in and out of Ryan's armies and just destroy them immediately. It it just it, it's it's made me really question what's going on with the Forsaken mm -hmm. in a way that I don't love. It's a power creep thing that I I just find like detracts from the rest of the world in order to give the main character a really cool moment. Yeah, and I am personally like I would rather the main character be weaker 
and the world be supported rather than the main character have this amazing moment and the world around it kind of be like, eh, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with you there. Yeah. Um. So it seems as though the voting is finished for the book split. Should we announce that for people? Uh, no, I think that the mods are having are discussing the voting now. Oh, I thought Monkey said that it was in the channel. Oh, is it done done? Dun, 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 dun. To mod talk. I got it here on my phone. Yep. Yes. So, okay. The splits for The Gathering Storm are... Starting on April 28th, my birthday, we have a big announcement and we'll be covering chapters. Prologue through chapter 12 is Great. the first split. Then we are going 13 to 23, 24 to 35, 36 to 41, 42 to the epilogue. And we are reacting to chapter 39. Great. Can't wait. Cool. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. That was five split, right? Yeah. Great. Uh, all right. So yeah. So boy. remember, by my birthday, April 28th, the mm -hmm. next book club, the next live uh, the, the, that isn't from Jordan Khan, uh, we are going to be covering prologue through chapter 12. Hell yeah. Albino asks, the question we readers back in the day are theorizing most about, other than who killed Asmodian, was who, where is Demandred? I won't give you the most common theories back then, but where do you think Demandred is hidden? Or do you think he, maybe he impersonates someone like Semiraj did? What chapter from Knife of Dreams would have been your choice for an audiobook reaction? That's two separate questions, but let's do the Demandred first. Yeah, I... For a time, I wondered if Demandred was hiding within the White Cloaks, but I don't think that they've done enough Mm, I like that actually. Yeah, that's interesting. I just it, like, like maybe he's like with he's like Asunawa or with Asunawa and influencing him in somehow, or maybe the the questions are just their own brand of evil. Um, what if yeah. he is Masima? No, because we know Masima from earlier, from from book two. Mm-hmm. And so you just think that... What if he's Masima? Demandred let the dragon reborn escape? I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I, I, I can understand that it would be kind of interesting, but I don't... I don't see that as the case. I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if we don't know... If, if Demandred is revealed to be just not that around. I wouldn't be that surprised either. Yeah. Um, uh, which uh, chapter from Knife of Dreams would have been your choice for an audiobook reaction? Mine would have been either Rand against Simraj, just because the way that played out was interesting, or um, the Perrin fighting um, Aram chapters. Because I think the mm -hmm. Perrin Aram chapter would have been a really good reaction. Yeah, even though, I don't know, it kind of fell flat. Yeah, I, I didn't love the way it ended, but yeah. I think the rea for, for our content... The moment was being like, Aram, what the fuck are you doing? I yeah. think that would have like played really well as reaction content. So that would have been the one that I would have done. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, because the one that we got is a really good the more I think about it, the more I like that chapter. Um, but it's it's hard, it's a, it's like I understand why the chapter we did resonates so much with the community and why they chose it because of how it resonates with the community. But as totally. a reaction chapter, the first hour of it is very bland. It's fine, yeah. Um yeah. For reaction, not not for content, but reaction, and so like that's kind of the reacting to stuff where that's just like really interesting information is hard to react to. Like, it, it kind of you need those like pops. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, Albino also asks, with some plot lines having been resolved now, we will probably see a few character reunions in the last books. Is there a combination of characters you want to meet each other and maybe talk a bit about their experiences? Avianda, Min, Elaine, and Rand. Avianda, Min, Elaine, and Rand. Morgase and Elaine. Morgase and Elaine. The, the big one, for sure. Yeah. I also would love if fucking Egwene and Rand talked at any point in this series. No, because next time they talk, they're going to be antagonists to each other. And that sucks, especially going back and reading The Great Hunt. Like, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the relationships that our characters have back then... As opposed to now, I just think that in certain ways now that they're kind of unrealistic mm -hmm. because they just need to they, they just need to to allow for the the, the plot to happen. Mm -hmm. But like, Egwene and Rand had a, a really interesting relationship that literally disappeared. Yeah, and I think that that's to a disservice to the book. And I know that like as the books go on, it, things are supposed to get bleaker and darker and. and Oh, yeah, okay. It just is less fun to read without those more, like, human, small relationships and stories. Yeah, I, I just want our characters to start coming together because I am... the the One of the things about The Wheel of Time that I don't enjoy very much is that all of the main characters are in their own plot line, and none of them are together. Like, Matt, Perrin, Elaine, Egwene, Rand... Like, Rand has Min. Nynaeve, um, I guess, is with Rand right now. Yeah, Nynaeve, Min, and Rand are, are, are in a plotline together. And then Avienda has gone off on her own again. And so, like, there are six plots, and only one of them has multiple main characters in it. And, like, that is that is tough for me. I want the main characters of the series to interact with one another. Yeah. Um, And so, And they could yeah. with Traveling and Teleran Riyadh. Like, I know, like, Egwene is talking to the way to... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I just, I'm hoping we get some coming together so we don't have this situation where, like, every main character has their own thing going on, uh, and they're not talking to each other about it, so everyone just doesn't know what's going on with everybody else. And I'm, I'm hopeful that that ends, because I, I personally prefer to read story, if you're going to have an ensemble cast, I like for that ensemble to, like, interact much. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Um... C. Sarmi says, what do you expect to see in the next prologue? Um, some White Cloak stuff. Could be anything. Some Forsaken stuff. I feel like, um, who killed Asmodian? No, that's never going to happen. I um, think, no, Brandon Sanderson answers it. Oh, he does. I Like, I know for a fact that Brandon Sanderson answers that question. Oh. Yeah, that was something that we were told forever ago. Oh, thank God. Um... Yeah, probably White Cloak, probably. I think that Brandon Sanderson has a self-insert character named Ray, uh, who goes on to be Ray Althor at the end of the series. I think we're going to get a prologue perspective about the, uh, the about where the sea folk are. I love that you just... Sorry, yeah, no, I didn't... Did you even listen to what I said? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I trolled you and you didn't even like pay attention. Thank you. I'm glad you listened when I talked. Uh, sea folk, where they are. That's an interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Not where, so, not where they are. Sorry, but like their homeland and where all the people like died. Oh, we'll get like some context Tamalking. on Mir. Tamalking. Yeah. The Mirans. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, sorry, so, I missed you trolling me. It's fine. I just think I thought I I just like to troll you about Star Wars. Um, Cease Army says, do you have any theories about the Black Aja? For example, who is and who isn't, how many, etc. 
they've revealed so many now that it could they could have revealed all of them and there could be more. Like it, I feel like ten percent of the uh, I said I are black Asia. No, oh, it's got to be more than that at this point. No, it's only like a hundred. There's not a thousand I said I anymore though. Scattered around, yeah. No, like the the fact that there's a thousand kinswomen dwarfs the Aes Sedai. I think there's like four hundred Aes Sedai. Oh, I thought that like the White Tower only had three or four hundred, but like in the whole world there were like maybe a thousand. Mm. Maybe I'm remembering that wrong. I don't know. I'm gonna say, yeah, I don't know, like ten or fifteen percent. Who is who would be a fun? I, I who would be a fun reveal to be Black Asha? A fun reveal? Yeah. I feel like either Ramonda or Lelaine is. That would be a fun reveal. I think reveal. one of them. And if I had to guess, I would say... Lelaine. Lelaine. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I could see that happening. That Yeah, that would be a fun reveal. Yeah. I'd be into that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Cesarmi's final question. Uh, can you rank the nation's groups on their military power? Rand. And then uh, the Aiel, right? Because there's like hundreds of thousands of them. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, probably. And then the Borderlanders. Really? Yeah. When they're all together like they are right now, they're a huge army. Nobody knows what to deal with. Oh, uh, the Sanchen. The Sanchen are probably up with around where Rand is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, they've fallen apart now. So at this point in time, well, no, no, no. The, the the country of Siandar is falling apart, but the Sanchen in the Return are still together. I mean, Matt is kicking their ass, but they still... That's true. They have enough numbers that Matt kicking their ass constantly isn't vastly depleting their numbers, right? Yeah. So so they're in a pretty good spot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for the domain, I don't think the Sanchen would be that high, Um. but they still have most of their domain. Yeah, and yeah. And they they're obviously a, just got all the wise ones. They're definitely a force to be reckoned with. Uh, sure. I feel like that's kind of all of the armies, isn't it? Everyone has kind of been, like, brought into... Like, Rand... Rand's is obviously number one. Because Rand is in it. Well, and the Black Tower. But Rand can also, like, teleport around the country and pull in people from all kinds of places. That's true. Like, Rand can go grab the army of Ilion, can go grab the army of Tyr, can go grab all of those Aeol. Mm -hmm. So, like, Rand... Rand is... And, like, the the Kyrianan army. Lion Fierce Bow, thank you for that super duper chat. Let's go. Uh, remember, Nard couldn't kill Rand because the Dark One wants Rand alive because he is the most powerful channel ever, which puts the Forsaken at a disadvantage. What? R- Nard couldn't kill Rand the Dark One. Oh, the, I, I read Br- Rand the Dark One and I was like, what? Rand the Dark One. Is that Rand is the Dark One? That's what this series is about? Oh my God. Oh my God. It's Revan all over again. Oh, fuck, it's Knights of the Old Republic all over again. Oh, no. So sad. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess for... I guess in the beginning, yeah, the Forsaken wanted to keep Rand alive so that he could serve them alive because that was more useful for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, they say that he can still serve them when he's dead. So they can still kill him if they want to. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, like they, they, they can kill him. And Bryce says, Shara just rolls up with a bigger army than anyone, kills everyone else, and then rules Randland. I would love Shara, that. Shara, could you imagine? In the wake of Tarman Gaiden, the Sharans invade and take over. Maybe Rand Whenever is... the Dark One, they, they beat the Dark One, and then Shara's just like, I guess this is ours now. Maybe Rand is already dead. Mm, I don't like that. I don't like undead Rand theories. Nah, I, I don't know. Um, I think, um, 
KOTOR is dope though, can't deny that. I just started a new playthrough, Garion, on my iPad. Having KOTOR on the iPad is amazing. I wish that you could drive so I could play KOTOR on the drive next week to JordanCon. Technically, we <clears throat> could until nope. we got to the border. Nope. No, you don't know how to, I, you're not driving on the highway. You can't drive on a road in our community with no I'm other cars saying, on the road. Technically, I'm legally, not putting you on the 403. Legally, like, I am allowed. Um, you're <laughs> legally you are allowed to drive. You, uh -huh. That doesn't mean that you can. <laughs> Correct. Uh, what question were we asking? Oh my god. Uh, from the death says, as a book reader first, my visual image of the characters largely stems from the book descriptions and fan art. Since you all first met these characters on the TV screen, do you still visualize all some of the characters like they were portrayed in the TV show, or have they changed? Interesting. I picture Lan as Daniel Henney. Yeah. And that is it. I don't picture any of the other cast members when I picture it. Uh, no, and Nynaeve. I, I, I really like the way they depicted Nynaeve visually. Yeah, I don't... When, when I'm reading things, I don't always have a strong mental image, image of characters visually. Which mm -hmm. I think maybe is why the clothing descriptions and stuff are a bit grating to me because... It's not what I, like, find. You don't find yourself picturing it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't, I honestly don't think, like, my brain works in pictures. That's fair. That makes sense. Um, but, um, but, um, I, I agree about Nynaeve and, and Daniel Henney. Like, those two, yeah. the, like, whenever I do, like, try and picture them or think of them, it does hew very close to, um, the show's portrayal of that. And I think Rand as well. He's tall, like, like kind of lankyish, like redhead. Like I think that like that image hues close enough in my head. And that's that's about it. Yeah, I that's picture. Um, I don't picture the characters as any real people other than like Nan, Lan and Nynaeve, just because they they we're at a point where like they don't resemble those TV show characters very much anymore. And everyone says big titties, so I just imagine titties. You know. Uh, for me, it's more that I I, I picture. I, I, I picture like people's eyes a lot and and like the the like mm. the expressions that they're making. And I feel like we've come so far emotionally from where the TV show characters are that I, I don't know what those people look like in these situations. And so like like parent show parent to me and book parent are not the same character at all. Yeah. Um same with uh, uh show mat and book mat are not similar to me. At all. Fair. And I don't picture them the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Egwene. Like, uh, show Egwene to me is so removed from where we are with Egwene now that picturing that actress at this point to me would be very hard. Mm -hmm. So so I have a version of them that I carry that is my take on those characters. Yeah, I think there's definitely, like, influence. But it's not generally, like, a one-off for one, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, Be yeah. Belasriel asks, in the prologue, Galad defeats Valda at the manor house that was given to him after being taken from Aelrond by the Sanchen. Who now owns the manor house, given what we know about Sanchen, White Cloaks, and the property laws of Randland in general? Uh, I have no idea. Cool. I, that's not a question, but yeah, that is what happened. Well, no, he says, who owns the proper, who owns the manor house now, is the question. Oh, I read by the Sanchen, who now owns the manor house. Oh, oh, oh. And I, I was you like, yeah. The, you forgot the period. There's no question mark in it. And so I, yeah. 
Yeah. You were reading out loud, so I didn't read the period. I just heard you say the Sanjin who now owns the manor house, and I was like, okay, sure, they do. I genuinely have literally no clue because I I I can't recall what the um, property laws in Ranland or Sanjin are. None of them own it. Probably goes back to the state. I don't know. The Sanjin probably own it, yeah. Who paid property taxes? Because Galad isn't trying to own it. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 honestly, I have absolutely no fucking clue. Um, Rantelmore asks, which character would you least want to be your roommate? Loyal. Turn off the light and just fucking, we, you can read more tomorrow. Let's fucking go to bed. Like, Jesus, dude. And thus, we're not sharing a room. I'm thinking college dorm style. If we're, if we're, if we're just living in the same house, Nynaeve. I don't want to be henpecked. Uh, Nynaeve and Ketswain, like, I don't need a roommate who's going to fucking, like, be in my business all the time and henpeck the shit out of me. I'm thinking about good characters. Obviously, I don't want to live with any of the people I fucking hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I, so I'm taking, like, the Sanchin and Tuan and all those people off the board and, like, of our people who are, like, main characters who are the good guys. Mm -hmm. well, is anyone good in this world? But uh, of our good guys, who would I want to not live with? And it would be Nynaeve or Ketswain. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I guess it does, de it does depend if you're on if you're sharing a room. Mm -hmm. Um, because uh, any room with Loyal and would be, I think, a little like cramped. Well, and you know me, like I just want to be left alone. <laughs> Don't touch me. Yeah. Don't no, if, tell if, me not to live. Just sit and putter. If Nynaeve just was on my case all the time about shit, I just, I didn't. That's a no for me. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Don't bring around a cloud to rain on my parade. Bum, bum. Um, All right. Um, I'm gonna live. Verloc says, what, in your opinion, are the main overarching themes of Wheel of Time? Uh, oh, you missed one. No, I didn't. We just did the roommate question. And then the next question is what in your what, what question? Oh, you I was looking at Rantelmore. I'm sorry. I, I yeah. I was I like, the Verloc. question is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? I got confused. I was like, no, the next question is down here. What, in your opinion, are the main overarching themes of Wheel of Time? We, we talk about this after every book. This was so much easier in the first six books mm -hmm. before things got so spread out. Yeah. And, and and before the, like, more the gray morality really set into this world. Yeah. Because one of the things I find interesting about Wheel of Time is we talked about this a lot, but the, the, the concept of our heroes are fighting against the devil and, like, the, the, the concept of evil. Yeah. And... They, they are working with characters who, in by all rights, should be evil, mm -hmm. but also are fighting the concept of evil. Um, and so, so, so it, it is this weird, the, the theme of the evil in the hearts of man is present, but spoken of in a way that I, I, I don't know what... Robert Jordan's take on that is. Yeah. There's a lot of thematic writing in Wheel of Time without perspective. Mm -hmm. And I find that fascinating because I think that like if you enjoy bringing your perspective to the themes of a piece of work, then I think that there you're going to have a different mileage on this series than I think me who I, I enjoy reading work that puts a perspective on a theme and asks me to engage with, with that a point of view. Yeah, like I would rather engage with a piece of media 
that knows where it stands on it, whether or not I agree or disagree with it, and why I agree or disagree with it, mm-hmm. I think that that makes for a more interesting conversation as to everyone can just interpret this in whatever way they see fit. Because I think, personally, that's just a little more bland. And and it seems like it's like, oh, no, this is going to be for everybody because I want to sell as many copies as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I know is like kind of a hot take. Um, I know that there are a lot of people who do like writing that is totally uh, open-ended and doesn't bring a perspective to it. Um, but mm-hmm. what I find interesting about media is people's perspectives being similar, same, or different to my own and 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 how they came about to tell this story based on that. Yeah, like I think like obviously one of the major themes of Wheel of Time is how how much of your soul will you give away to fight the devil? That, yeah. And... And agency, because everything is part of a pattern. What I find interesting is... And is prophesized, like... Well, and, and you know, I don't like that. But that's one of the themes I don't enjoy. I, I, I personally am not a fan of prophecy. Uh, and so a series that so heavily relies on prophecy is never my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and uh, that's a mileage may vary thing, right? Like, a lot of people really like reading about prophecy. I, I don't, right? I, I find... Um, I find my problem with prophecy is that you get to the end of the story and the the it takes away from the themes of the story because thematically the characters did not actually make the decision because they were going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like you undermine what you're trying to say because by making it prophecy, it is the author's intent, not the character's intent that matters. Oh, I understand. Okay. If you if you want it to be these characters made these choices and this is what that has to say about the world, then you have to take prophecy out of it because prophecy is the author. Prophecy is not character. Prophecy is not world building. Prophecy is God on high. I yeah, which I like, is just the writer. I like prophecy when you kind of go against what the grain of it is. Like, uh, if you use it in a new and, like, interesting perspective. And I, I, I actually enjoyed a lot of the earlier prophecies kind of foreshadowing things that happen later in the book because it allowed us to theorize, oh, maybe this means this. Like, I, I enjoyed that aspect of theorizing about it, but mm-hmm. in terms of how it fits into the actual narrative storytelling, it's like, yeah, okay, it, it doesn't, like, super matter the choices that our characters are making because they're going to end up making the choices that fulfill the prophecies. Mm-hmm. And then when you go against that and they don't fulfill the prophecies or it's done in a, it, like, it, it, or it's or you do something creative with that, I think that that's super fun. But, yeah, Matt just, like... Walking into marrying Tuan, I was like, "Oh." Be- because it has nothing to do with Matt. Matt, yeah, Matt yeah. marries Tuan because Robert Jordan wanted Matt to marry Tuan, not because Matt and Tuan had a reason to get married. And because he heard the prophecy. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, uh, when you are, uh, Monkey says, "Are you against being able to tell the future? Is that different enough?" from what a prophecy stands for to be more believable. Telling the future, I think, is different because whether or not things happen is dependent on how our characters react to what they know or don't react to what they know. So that ended up does being reflected back on the character as opposed to the author. For me, anyways. I disagree. I don't don't like guaranteed foretelling. I, I, look, I think that if you're going to have prophecy and you're going to have foretelling, you should have it be 
like the Flicker Flicker. I like Flicker Flicker because mm. these characters experience possible things based on what they're going to decide to do. Um, and I, I, I just, I find fate to be boring because if the characters have to do something because fate tells them to do it, why the fuck am I reading about it? Mm-hmm. What, what, what does it matter? It, it's, it's, it's going to happen. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that's like, what, what I, the what the fuck do I get out of that? I think that's why I'm saying like it needs to have some wiggle room there to play with the theme of like destiny and fate. Because if it's just like mm-hmm. hard, kind of set in stone, then I do find that infinitely less interesting than maybe a character trying to make different choices because of what they know, or in spite of, or like how they how how they deal with that information and and take it in their stride to either try and change it or make it happen and how that affects like if the prophecy always happened as it is prophesized mm-hmm. that is kind of boring to me i i also think that there's a way that you use prophecies to start th- there's a difference between using prophecy to start a story mm-hmm. and using a prophecy to end a story and like Monkey also says prophecies that are vague, that they can be achieved and gone about in a bunch of different ways. Actually, I, I find that interesting as well because it's how the character yeah. goes about that. Again, reflected as, as a character. Um, well, One of my favorite prophecies is Harry Potter because it is the start of the story and it influences the story throughout. But how you get to the end, it's one of the few things I actually think like is actually well written about Harry Potter is that the prophecy causes Voldemort to set in motion his own downfall. But Harry still has to make choices and actions throughout the story to get there. And he doesn't get there for free. And I Mm -hmm. think that what I the prophecies I don't like is when a character is told a prophecy at a beginning of a story that just says like or or, or that that they are touched by fate or they're connected to fate in a way that it was always going to play out that way mm-hmm. that that's where thematically i think it's just the author wanted to do something that that usually goes against character a lot of times prophecies are used to have characters do things that they wouldn't normally do like the matt Tuon thing which is why thematically it doesn't work for me because i don't give a fuck that fate wanted them to be married mm-hmm. like that doesn't mean anything to me the character matt doesn't like nobles doesn't like slavers like doesn't doesn't like thin women which whatever that one i'll I'm willing to eschew that one, but sure. oh, but no, he had to because he's prophesized is super boring to me and thematically isn't interesting. Having two characters fall in love by writing a romance that justifies the feelings that they have for each other is harder, and it's why Robert Jordan didn't do it. He just said they're they're married, whatever. Yeah, definitely not my my favorite part of it, but yeah, I think that like prophecy can definitely be a literary trap, um, in certain ways. But that it it can be used, it can be used in really interesting ways. It's yes. it's, it's it's again, it that in itself is kind of gray. I just the for me the prophecies in the Wheel of Time right now, especially the ones that are left, are all too they're they're too specific, and so they're not that fun. Like when the Sanchen finally fucking attacked the White Tower, I'm not gonna be like, oh my god, this is crazy. I'm gonna be like, yeah, you fucking told me about this for seven books. Of course they're doing that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like as a reader, I, I'm i spoiled on the event. I know the Sunshine are going to attack the White Tower. Now, granted, how that happens could be super interesting. It could be very different. Yeah, yeah. In Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time, it hasn't necessarily always been. The how is what matters, and sometimes the how misses the mark, you know? Um, James Gunn says, watching your AOT reactions made me realize why you were bullied in school, Lamau. Please do us a favor to stop watching AOT. Thank you so much for your money. Appreciate that you keep giving it to us, you know? 
gonna go Wait, myself no, but now I'm curious. Why was I bullied in middle school? I thought it was because I did ballet. But um, you're saying that you've, you've cracked the code. It's because you, um, it's because you're uncomfortable with anti-Semitism that you were bullied in high school. Actually. <laughs> I don't Look, guys, if you like Live Time, like Live Time. I don't like it. I, I, like, I don't, whatever. It does, or, uh, Attack, Attack on, on Titan. Titan. Yeah, go like it. If I like want. Attack on Titan as much as I like the slog of We Live Time. Um, I'm saying something. Uh, I just, I, I'm anyways. just, I'm not, I'm not 13 anymore, and I'm not in my edgelord phase. Yeah, I, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not edgelords. And so if that's what you want to make your whole personality, but please, please, go for it. please keep giving me money. Yeah, I love it. No, I love it great. so much. This is, this is Oh great. my God. My life is so hard. Random strangers hate me enough on the internet that they give me money to tell me they're mad. Oh no. What are you going <laughs> to do? Oh no. Oh, sad day. Tragedy. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is wild. I love it. God, I, I I need to just have stronger opinions online if people are just going to give me give money, money for it. God yeah. damn. No, it's great. Um, this is working in our favor. <laughs> this is so funny. All right, next question. Um, <laughs> I don't feel like we got into the main arching themes much, but I, I feel like we kind of got into the question. Uh, I think the whole fate thing and like your um, and the the evil of man, I, yeah, I think yeah. that those are seem to be the main ones. Yeah. Uh, Gia says you get to cast Meryl Streep, Michael B. Jordan, Pedro Pascal, or Angela Bassett in the Wheel of Time show. Who would you choose, and what character would they play? Uh, Meryl Streep would be Varen. Varen, yeah, 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 yeah. Varen uh, for sure. Michael B. Jordan would be. That's tough. Michael B. Jordan like, who would could, be Luz Theron Telemann. In a prequel, get to see the strike. Oh, I would watch Michael B. Jordan tear the shit out of the dark one. Because you know, because here's the thing about Michael B. Jordan. He has that incredible lightness to play the hero of goodness. But he is such a damn good actor yeah. that pl him playing the loss of insanity and the second half of that would be like that. That would be like Oscar level. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Luce, him playing the fall of Luce into... And the final shot is he becomes a mountain. Mm -hmm. uh, like an Academy Award. Yeah. Uh, Pedro Instantly. Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Who's a oh, lost um, child? That uh, Davram Bashir. Davram Bashir. No, I'm not joking. I think that Pedro Pascal leading Rand's army, being being the person Rand turns to as an advisor, I think he's the right age for it. Okay. He's okay. sexy. You know what I mean? Him and his wife have like kind of a like real like... They've got a like... Where they yell at each other and then fuck. Like, I feel like <laughs> Pedro Pascal bringing the Red Viper energy to Davram Bashir would be, like, casting. I'm, I'm into that. That's great. Yeah. I'm here for all of that. Um, Angela Bassett. Oh, man. She is so, like, wildly talented in so many facets. Um, that's tough. That's actually really tough. I, I don't know where to put her in this. Because you need someone that's, like, worth it. Yes. Young Angela Bassett would fucking crush it as Alita. She would be as the most despicable. She would like fucking just eat the 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 scene of the White Tower would just have chew marks everywhere. Yeah. She yeah, would yeah. go to town on that place. Yeah. Angela Bassett, I think, would be an incredible more gaze, but I don't think the role is big enough for her. You know, like it depends I think on how it ends. Be... Depends on how it ends. Fair. You know what? That she has, she has an arc. That is totally fair. Um. Uh, Narafin says Rue arc for Pedro Pascal. I don't think he's tall enough. Like, I want mm -hmm. Ruark to be a, I want, like, Joe Manganiello. You know what I mean? I want, like, a six foot eight, 
Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. want the I want Ruark to be a man who stands above men, and the problem is that the guy who plays Rand is six five or six four or six five. Oh, so you yeah, need yeah, like yeah. I Ruark has to stand taller than Rand yeah. to me, and Pedro Pascal on an apple box isn't going to do it for me. <laughs> um, nah, that's fair. That's why I think Davron Bashir. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Early Anne says, "Have you ever listened to the Robert Jordan interview that was included with the audiobooks?" No. Uh, no. No, actually. Calix says, uh, without looking, do you know the actual title of the book you just read? Knife of Daggers. The Eye of the World? What? Eye of the World. Yeah. That's the book I just read. What about it? You just read the first book? Yeah, because that's what Ravens was in. No, I know. <laughs> Guys, I read Ravens this morning. <laughs> you finished it this widow morning. Widow Anal's Meadow. My favorite Do you meadow. think she, she's a widow because of Anal? Like that it, would be a weird story. I don't know how that would tie. Took in. a big old bad dragon in the. Rizu Kishefpor, thank you so much for your super chat. Welcome back to the nerd um, table. I love it's not your super chat. <laughs> oh, I can't read. Uh, I love your AOT reactions. I watch your vids right to the end. You guys are my favorite actors. It's every show you watch. Thank you, Arzu. Thank you. I appreciate Wait until that. the end of season three. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we might we might not be your favorite anymore, but honestly, I. <laughs> Care about being honest. Aaron Safik, thank you for that super chat. I don't agree with the other guy. He was kind of harsh, but it's seriously, stop watching AOT if you don't like it. Just know you're missing out on a masterpiece. Oh my god. I Look, Isayama does not need you guys to suck his dick this hard. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. You know, maybe, maybe he, does. he does. Maybe he's a very sexually frustrated person and he needs that release. But like, I, I, look. I mean, if I didn't... you think Attack on Titan is a masterpiece, then I am happy for you. Yeah. I, go enjoy. I, I am very, very happy for you. I don't think it's a masterpiece. And that's I th okay. I, I, I think that there Both are... Both perspectives can exist. Yeah, I think there's a lot of shit wrong with it. So... Yeah, but please keep giving us money. Yeah. Um, and thank you for money. watching the video. Hit the like button. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, Turn that notification bell on so you don't miss our season three finale I, here's, episode. Here's the fucking thing. I get why people make negative content. I get why people intentionally... Look, we didn't I set out know. to make negative content about Attack on Titan. No, we we liked it. We were so I really excited those to first enjoy it. Episodes. Yeah. I... I get why people But like make... it is so easy to get people to give you money to hate them. Yeah. It's so fucking Super strange. Easy. I know. And so now I'm like, what else can trying. I shit on? What other fandoms can I go into and light on fire? No wonder Star Wars Theory keeps trying to set Star Wars on fire. He's yeah. gotta be making bank. Because he makes money from it. It's so it's so stupid. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh <laughs> Wheel of Time fan edit says looking back over the Jordan series of books, can you take a minute to reflect on your overall thoughts on the series so far and where it started until where it is now? We're gonna talk about that at Jordan Con. Wheel of Time fan edit, we're gonna put a pin in that and that's what our um yeah, I hope Jordan Con conversation is. I hope you'll be. forgive us, but that's gonna be a big, big thing that we, yeah. we really dive into and elaborate on in more All than of, just like yeah. one question here, but we're as keeping it more knife of dreamsy here. The whole thing. Yeah. So we'll get to that next week. Uh -huh. uh, rant on more. What fictional character in any universe would you elect as the Amberlin seat? So it's got to be a woman what? from any universe. Fictional character in any universe. I am going to say. Fic oh, it has to be fictional. I was about to bring up the real <laughs> person. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Fictional character that I would elect as the Amberlin seat. So it's got to be someone with a little bit of chutzpah. Uh huh. It's got to be someone who can like stare down. Cad Swain, Melhadron. Uh, so I yeah, am going to go. Someone with a gooch of steel. I'm gonna go with Sarah Connor, from the Terminator. From the franchise. Terminator? Yeah, you try. You try fucking telling her what to do. 
That woman fought Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was made out of metal. Oh my god. Uh, we'll get your answer in a second, but first, Aaron Safek says, I mean, AOT does have the highest ratings of any show or anime. Doesn't and matter. And was the most in-demand show in the world in 2021. So yeah, it's a masterpiece. Because cool. it's really easy for the masses to understand. No, it, here's the thing. Thank you for that money to tell us that. I thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, appreciate it. I, thank you. I have no other words. I'm go not going to disagree with you. A London fog. You're probably right. We we might be in the minority. If ever, here here here's the thing. I don't care if everybody else likes it. That doesn't change my opinion. I'm happy that everyone else likes it. I want people to go like it. I don't want people to watch my reaction. I'm not even sure we should put out the rest of the season three reactions because I don't want to shit on your yums. I don't want to yuck other people's yums. My reactions are just my feelings. Yeah. It's just, and it's not even like well thought out. It is immediate feelings. If other people love it, go fucking love it. Go if you love, love Crossroads of Twilight, go love it. I'm not telling you how to feel but or no, keep, what to keep, like. But keep I'm giving telling you, I think it's shit. <laughs> I don't think Attack on Titan is shit. I think that it's mostly good, and I, I, but it's not yeah. good enough to justify the reveal. But yeah. I, I, yeah. I enjoy Attack on Titan. I just think that it's kind of sloppy. The people who yeah. love it, go fucking love I don't care. I'm not sitting here like, I'm not going to rest as a content creator until all people agree with me. Disagree with me. Just keep giving me money to disagree uh, with me. Yeah, just just keep the money coming. Appreciate that. But like this, this is the thing. People are always like, how dare you hate it? It's perfect. And I'm like, think that. Go love it. Who gives a shit what I think? I'm a fucking loser on the internet who, like, who cares? Yeah. Fight we're me. Just, have fun fighting me. But like the people. the hatred goes is weird. Like, I know. I'm glad you were bullied in middle school because you don't like Attack on Titan is a fucked up thing to write on the internet. Get over yourselves and go enjoy the thing that you love. Yeah, I don't know and why. And stop watching our reactions. Just fucking <laughs> leave. If you if they make you mad, stop coming back. Yeah. No, it's people who oh want God. to be mad. They want to be upset about things because they have nothing better to do with their time. And so if you have nothing better to do with your time and your money, then give it to us. All right. <laughs> sure, I'll take it. Just plus infinity says the masses love the Da Vinci Code. True. True. Yeah. You know hey, what? The answer Correct. is Apple. <laughs> I've never been angrier. Do you want to know how much I fucking hate the end of the Da Vinci Code? And yes, how goddamn yes. dumb it is? Uh -huh. I watched the movie got so angry that I went to a bookstore, bought the book, and sat down and read the entire book in one sitting because I wanted to believe that this massively popular book had a different ending because the ending of the movie was so stupid that I sat down and read the entirety of the Da Vinci Code, got to the Apple bit, and it was the same, and I threw the book across the room. I was so angry. That I, it, was a, so it was a full day of my life. I watched that movie at an 11 a.m. screening, and I ended the book at like 7.30 p.m., and I was mad. I'm I was so like, sorry. a fucking Apple? Yeah. Oh my God! D this guy Look, is the most brilliant, think, the most brilliant religious thinker in the world. I think and it's, it's Tom it's Hanks. Fucking Apple. I think it's all Tom. No, Hanks no, the book predates it. Tom Hanks. The no, book I, was a massive hit long before Tom Hanks did that. Oh, movie. that okay. Well, then that's yeah. Weird. I don't know. Oh yeah. my God! I, I'm so sorry. Because I liked the middle of I like the beginning and middle of that a lot. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff in the Da Vinci Code. 100%. And then as a fucking ending. I just wanted the ending of the book to be different because I hated the ending of the movie. And then when I got there and it was the same. And the beginning and middle of the book, also interesting. Like, maybe a little easy and you know, whatever. But, like, sure. that fucking Apple thing to this day has driven me so fucking <laughs> crazy. As if this religious expert would be so baffled that the apple from the fucking Garden of Eden might be the clue to the five-letter word about the fruit of her fucking loins. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Gregory I, I Love. I had fun with the movie. Gregory Love says 11 a.m. movie. What type of person are you? I love a matinee. I love breakfast and then a popcorn and a movie by myself in a theater that nobody else is in. The thing about an 11 a.m. movie theater experience There's nobody out is there. nobody gets upset with me for being loud because yeah. I'm alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the rest of the Da Vinci Code. I really do. And I like the movie. Yeah. I think the acting is really solid. I, I, I think it's shot well. Wait, it wasn't an apple in the Bible? It was one. Is that for real? There's an apple in the Bible. Or the fruit, whatever. Yeah. Was it a crab apple? Now I, I'm, anyway, I'm my world. Let's get back show. to Wheel of Time. <laughs> we're never, we're never, we, we're never book clubbing Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. no, we don't. Need I to. promise you, I, I have nothing more to say about that. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But it's the apple that fell on his head. On I guess apples wouldn't have existed head. in biblical times, so that makes sense. <laughs> Did they even have? I don't even think they had apples in like. Don't know. We should book club the Bible. Yes, I do. I do we that. should, guys. Nerdy Wordy Book Club does the Bible. I'm I'm gonna get canceled so fast. Ah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get canceled. So you want to see us make some controversial opinions on the internet? Yeah, just bring religion into it. <laughs> Can you imagine? Nope. All right. Mm-mm. Um. Mm-mm. <laughs> the Bible has the most toxic fan base. True. Um, oh my God. Smut Sean, Bible. We need Smut Corner oh, we, for Bible. How do you add Smut to the Bible? Everybody's fucking in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Except Mary. Except Mary. <laughs> God, poor girl. Ishan says, in your reading so far, what has been the most surprising aspect? Um, How much spanking's in it? Honestly. Like, the most surprising thing is the, like, weird devotion to how much spanking is there. But yes, the devotion to smacking that ass is pretty impressive. Partially because in, like, book five, I couldn't have told you that by book 11 I would be complaining about spanking. Because yeah. it's not really in the first books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, the, the turn towards, like, the, the chapters where it's, like, four chapters in a row where people are, different people are getting spanked are the part where I'm, like, well, I couldn't have seen this coming. I think that, like, the one that got the busy, biggest response out of me was the Deshiva one. Because I was, like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, in terms of, like, an immediate, like, reaction. Mm, okay. Um, but, like, I dig that. surprising aspect of the book. Yeah. I think has been the, like, the absolute, like, utter lack of, like, communication. Oh, okay. I with, like that. With, with the characters. They have the ability to teleport and they aren't ta- yeah. using it to talk to each other. That is the most surprising to me. I agree with that. Yeah. Rantan Moore says, do you think there is a creator actively watching the world of the Wheel of Time? Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Do you think there's a creator actively watching the Wheel of Time? It only matters if he interacts in the final book somehow. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, no. So you think he just built the wheel and then fucked off? Yeah. Fair. Or Um, that's just how people interpret how the world works, but no one actually made it that way. uh, I don't know. Vanessa says, which character had the most interesting arc to each of you in Knife of Dreams? Does not have to be a main character. I mean, it's got to be Galad for me. Yeah, uh, I was going to say the same thing. It's the first thing that happens in the book, but it's the best thing that happens in the book. A thousand percent. The opening 15 pages of Knife of Dreams are peak. Yeah. Peak, peak, peak. Peak entertainment. Yeah. Uh, Icicle3030 says, is RJ a better horror or battle scene writer? The battle scenes for me. Yeah. If I have to, like, pick one, I think the battle scenes are what has always stood out to me in this series. 
Um, he, I, he writes him like nobody else. I think he sets up horror really well. I don't think he pays off horror very well. So I don't think he's a great horror writer. I think that he introduces horror elements very well and makes mm. them creepy and cool. And But then he never really does anything with them. Like, there's no, like, follow-through on any of the horror aspects of The Wheel of Time. Yeah. Um, the ghosts, like, the, the the one scene where the peddler is drawn into the ground is pretty great. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty But all of the cool. other ghost stuff is really bland. And, like... Well, it hasn't the, affected anything yet. And so yeah. I'm just... Yeah. The dark one is changing the hallways of castles, which is the most like, meh, what am I going to do today, Batman? It's it's like it's like an animated cartoon villain. Well, I don't think I'm not going to kill anybody. I'm going to make it so their bedroom is down a different hallway. <laughs> I don't think anyone's like purposefully doing that, right? I think that it's the pattern like unraveling and I think that the like the flicker flicker worlds and the like portal stone worlds mm -hmm. I think are just accidentally bleeding into one another right because it's it's this world but what if it was different and so it makes sense that the architecture would slightly change based on the planner and so I think those are just like bleeding into one another I don't think there's some evil mustache twirling villain being like I'm going to change where the bathroom is I here's the thing though <laughs> Yeah I I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, it, like, and, and, and I think that this is where, like, I differ from a lot of people. Where, like, if you put something in a story and it is just random shit is happening, I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, random is boring to me. Mm -hmm. I want it to be intentional. I want there to be purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. And if you take the purpose out of it and it's just, oh, this other world is blending in, what does that mean to anybody? Nothing? Okay. Yeah. You, so, so like, and, and, and some people are going to love that shit and be like, oh, this is so cool. And this is what I mean about, like, if you love it, love it. I'm not telling you that you're wrong. I get nothing out of it. Yeah. I find random to be just, like, sh oh, uh, but, but that's the thing. If, if the hallways are just randomly changing, mm -hmm. I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Well, it doesn't anything. matter to anybody except that it might potentially be, like, dangerous, but... If it's worlds bleeding into one another, like being locked in a room with no way out is far less likely, I think. Right now it is a mild inconvenience. That's a little bit silly. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, I think it just feeds into the world of it that things are literally falling apart. I I am more in, I, I am waiting for the series to have the random stuff affect our plot and have our characters interact with it in a way that changes them. Mm -hmm. I like I, I get off on character development, okay? That's what I want. <laughs> I and get so off on it. When, 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 when we're kind of spinning our wheels, I get frustrated because that's just not what I enjoy about storytelling. I am not interested mm -hmm. in big reveals unless they matter to our characters. I, I just, I don't care. And, and I think that's gotcha. part of why Attack on Titan is going the way that it is for us is that I'm like, okay, but Aaron hasn't changed as a person. This yeah. information doesn't mean anything to the people that we're with, so why do I care, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I feel the same way of Wheel of Time where, like, the world keeps getting random and, like, food is going bad. And, like, these these things are indicating that the world is bad. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't... It, it It's not interfacing with our characters in a way that is making me give a shit about it. It is just description of shit. That, and when, when you're just describing shit... Yeah. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone gave this great talk about um, writing. Mm -hmm. Where they said that if you're... If the words between your scenes are and then, and then, and then, you fucked up. It should be because, therefore, like you should be writing your story in a way where the way that the story plays out is affected by the decisions that the characters make. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that kind of storytelling. I find that storytelling the most interesting. Mm -hmm. And so randomness is, and then the, the, the walls changed. 
Yeah, I think it's just flavor okay. as opposed to like um, as opposed to like actually like mattering. Like I said, I, I don't think that it really matters except you know the peddler like dying, people dying everywhere is kind of unfortunate. Aaron Safek, uh, thank you for that super chat. You guys are so woke. I bet you guys loved the Star Wars sequels. I did. Uh, and Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, mostly. I did not. Uh, you also probably think Ray is great character. I, I do not. But here's a problem. Uh, we this this community is eighteen plus. And so I appreciate you giving me the money, but it's clear that like okay, don't know, do that. Don't 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 no no. Thank you for the have, money. We can't have kids in the community because we I, talk about adult things. So please please move on. Please stay and keep giving please us stay money. Please stay and giving us money. Oh no, I'm so owned. Don't give me another five dollars to hurt my feelings. They called me woke. Whatever will I do if this person makes fun of me for liking the things uh, that I enjoy? Anyone who uses woke, how will I survive? Is the most like cringe person. Like I just woke is a fucking buzzword, and it and it. it yeah, I know. You can do better. I'm sorry, but you I know can do it's better. it's very funny to me. I I'm I'm so I'm so I'm so hurt. So hurt. My feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Andrew, I'm also looking forward to the new Ray movie. I think there's uh, a lot of interesting stuff that yeah. they can do with that. That's gonna be fun. I also just I really like her lightsaber. Yeah, it's cool. Like the design of it. I'm like, and I the way that it opens. See more than more of that. Yeah. You know, like I'm like, give me give me more of Ray's lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Yasmin says, I'm also woke. Where's my $5? So, Yasmin, what you have to do is you have to start a YouTube channel with your mm-hmm. partner, and then you have to share your opinions online, uh, and people will shit on you. And um, and then give you money for it. It's great. Yeah. Love that. Our life is so hard. We truly have it so difficult. We have it so difficult. The internet hates <laughs> uh, us, and we make money because of it. I know. What is what is another super controversial show that we could not enjoy and make money on our Patreon from? Yeah. How else can we fucking upset the the fucking right wing lunatics of the world? Uh, we have time. We're already doing that one. Well, uh, <laughs> trust me, we've made our money off this franchise. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think Rand and company will do with Semiraj? Um, I don't know. Probably torture her. I, I, fuck, they're gonna put her on that chair. Gregory Love says Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. That's funny. We're actually, we are going to do that one. We're actually talking about that one. Yeah. Problem is I have seen it. So we're going to have to be like, hey guys, this is a kind of reaction. I'm reacting to nerdy reacting to it. But I know nothing about Full Metal Alchemist other than the main character has a metal arm that he can use to control metal. Right? He can like make the ground erupt with his metal arm. It gives him like elemental powers. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I literally know nothing about Full Metal Alchemist. I think I've seen episodes of it. That's why I want to watch you watch it. Yeah, I, I remember because wa- my brothers watched it, and so I think I've maybe seen a couple of episodes like or fifteen like years ago. From it, but yeah. like, but like I was reading on the couch and it was on, so mm-hmm. I, I I have no idea. Drink some Bud Light. The, on the your main character is Edward, though, right? Edward, yes. Edward Cullen. No, sorry. Uh, and he's a vampire. Yeah, Ed, Ed Ed, and Al are the two main characters. And Al is the big robot. The metal guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Edward is the blonde guy that looks like... Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> MJ Bull says nerdy does not know what he doesn't... I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it's fun for me. Um, Jonathan um, Neal says Star Trek and discuss how they are more woke than a lot of people think. Star Trek is the original woke. And if you don't, yeah. if you think yeah. that Star Trek isn't the, the most woke show, I don't know what the fuck to tell then you. You're just the wrong. first show where a black woman and a white a man kissed on television? 
Nope, nothing woke there, kids. Uh, yeah. It was wrong. The problem is like I don't like Rick and Morty. Actually, no, that would so people would give us money because I don't like it. That's how yeah, that works. Yeah, but right? I've I've seen it and like honestly, I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, 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 it's 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 fun. It's just not as the problem with Rick and Morty is that it's not as deep as people think it is. And that's why I don't like it. But like I I think it's a really solid comedy. Okay, that people sure. just treat like it is like mind-bendingly brilliant. And I'm like, some of the episodes are straight up just like stolen from Star Trek. <laughs> it's the plot of a Star Trek episode with some really good comedy written into it. Yeah. And like that that's yeah. all it is. But people are like, no, this is this is the 4D chess of animated television. And I'm like, it's it, guys, like <laughs> they fought the aliens with a song. Like it's not that deep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely how people interpret it. Um yeah, I don't know what random them are going to do with Samraj. They're probably, it's probably going to be fucking Mogidian where they try and interrogate her and then she escapes somehow and does some stupid shit. I honestly think that they need to kill her or still her, but that can also be healed. So yeah. I don't know. Samraj kind of needs to be taken off the board, I think, or she's going to bite our characters in the ass. They should still her and then heal her, but have Nynaeve do it. So, so that she's, she's weaker. less powerful. Yeah. That would be a way, that would be a way to deal with channelers is to have them healed by the same gender yeah. so that they so are... So it takes away the majority of their power so, and they're not a threat. But you're also not removing that like connection so they feel suicidal. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty drastic it's, punishment. Yeah, you 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 know they have to live out they they serve like a sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they are significantly underpowered so that they can't be a problem again. Yeah. Um. So Raswinayanu hmm. says, uh, "Do you think Rand will actually get to meet with Tuan, and what will be the outcome of meeting or not?" Yes, because. There's the whole point. prophecy about him kneeling before the crystal throne that I think is going to happen, but not. But that's the Tuan prophecy, which also might just be some of their, like, propaganda stuff. It might not actually be prophecy. I feel like there's something to it. I think it's going to be flipped on its head, but I think there's something to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what do you think will happen at the White Tower in the Gathering Storm? Uh, spankings. Probably. Lesbian pillow friend lovemaking. I literally think that, like, the... <laughs> Aleda and that girl, they're going to bone down. A hundred percent. It's it's one of those things where I think they're just going to do an internal revolt. Aleda's going to get brought down and Egwene is going to have made such an impression on the people who are in the tower with her that they're going to follow her, no question. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Gia says, which character would pay for Twitter blue? Uh, who is the crypto bro of the Wheel of Time universe? The crypto bro? You know what? I feel like Gawain would. No! Yeah. This is slander. Gawain is, Gawain is currently getting red-pilled so hard, and I, I feel mm. like Galad would have a year ago, and now Galad is like, nah. Galad grew out of that phase, and as Gawain is headed into it. Um, no, I'm upset with you. Oh, Berlaine? Berlaine won... Th- Berlaine is a right wing OnlyFans girl for <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like pro sex work, but also like. But like takes new photos bigot. with guns. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, she's a Second Amendment uh, sex worker. No, fuck. Oh my god. Like, you know who? I. Mm-hmm. Um, which character would pay for Twitter Blue? Gawain says woke unironically a thousand percent. I, I think that Balwer would. Because it'd be like a bait and switch kind of situation. He wants you to think one way about him. Yeah, 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 Right? Like, it's, like, all a front. Jeff, it says Matt, but not for his own name. Matt would be the person who paid for Twitter Blue to drive the stock price of that insulin company down. 
<laughs> that yeah, was yeah, yeah, that yeah. was some Taviran own luck to make a single tweet that cost the company a billion dollars. That was some Matt Coffin shit. Pretty impressive. Aleda, Aleda would a thousand percent pay for Twitter Blue. Mm-hmm. Mordred is basically Elon Musk, right? Depends on um, which which version of King Arthur you read. Fair, uh, not not Mordred. Oh, who's who's Moradin? Moradin. Oh my god, I was like, I, I didn't. They're the same you were talking about. fucking thing. Don't tell me they're not. Uh, how well versed are you in RG's writing style? This is Leon. Uh, that you will know which chapters are written by him and by Brandon Sanderson. I have no idea. I'm actually really curious about this. I don't know because I. I feel well-versed in Robert Jordan's writing, but I'm so... I've never read a word that Brandon Sanderson wrote other than the prologue that people were upset with how I read it last week. Yeah. Um, so, I... Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. No, I I, I, I have no clue. I, yeah. I think that I'll be able to tell sometimes, but I don't think it's going to be, like, hard and fast because uh, I just... Yeah, I haven't read Sanderson, and I, I don't feel like I attune into people's styles... In the, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> says, before I forget it, here's the obligatory pain for Twitter blue in this economy. That's funny. I actually, that is that might be my favorite use of the in this economy ever. Well done. That I, one I approve of a thousand percent. That was great. Well I, done. I don't, I did not take psychic damage that time. <laughs> um, uh, Gia asks, so far Randland has been full of creatures that were perhaps inspired by horror stories that we are fair, familiar with, such as werewolves, vampires, invincible man. What monster would you like to see next? The Kraken to swallow up to him. Uh, Kraken, <laughs> yes. Uh, what are the other Universal Monster movies? King Kong. Um, Godzilla. A kaiju? I want a kaiju. Um, Mal Indio says uh, in the chat says, what could Catswain do to make you think less of her? A, a lot of awful things? It's, it wouldn't be that hard. I don't like her, but she's she's not, like, morally bad. Yeah. She just is a pain do, in the ass. Do you think that there will be Wheel of Time zombies? Zombies is a good one. Ooh, zombies. I could I could imagine, like, the fucking... Or the mummy. Dark one, <sighs> like, bringing back Loose there and Telemann? No, No, bring- the Hundred Companions. The corpses of the Hundred Companions rise to meet the the bat... He, um, Matt blows the horn of Valir, and all, all of those... The, the fucking ghosts Heroes from Lord the of the Rings show up. And uh, in response, the Dark One brings out the ghosts of the Hundred Companions and they do battle. Incredible. That'd be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Do you, which of the characters from the show do you think will be among the Hundred Companions when Matt blows the horn again? Because I think Ingtar's there. You do? Yeah, for how he went out. I think Ingtar shows up as one of the, the Heroes of the Horn. Uh, I don't, to be honest. I don't think that was, like, big enough. Because those are, like ancient like heroes and i I don't know i I think that he i think that he committed an act of heroism while the horn was active and i think that that will he's not his soul will be tied into and he'll join the heroes of the horn in their next ride that would be interesting yeah yeah i i don't think there is a more heroic action than realizing that you are deep that you've been deeply wrong and turning against that yeah. That is that is heroism to me. I, I, I think that the hardest thing to do is admit that you're wrong and turn against the path that you've gone down. Yeah. And so I would love it if he shows up. Yeah, that's fair. Semic says, where is the horn at this point? It's in the White Tower, hopefully. I mean, the last time we heard about it was in the White Tower. Who knows? Uh, yeah. 
Um, but Masana might have moved it. Uh, Light Blinded Fool says, what's your best guess on whether how the tower will be reunited and whether how uh, Egwene will escape? I don't think she escapes. I think everybody else comes to her and she yeah. stays in the tower. Yeah, we kind of answered that with an earlier question. Uh, Quark's Bar says, guys, talk to us about Varen. What's she up to? How does she break the Aes Sedai mold? How has your experience with her developed from when we met her in the Great Hunt up to now? You're rereading The Great Hunt. How are you feeling about Varen from then to now? Oh, it's super interesting. I forgot that, like, Moraine and Swan almost, like, killed her. Yeah, um, That crazy. was very funny. But I, I don't know. Which they would have had to do with their hands, which is Why? crazy. Because she's not a dark friend. They can't use the power on her. Like, they could have bound her with the power, and then they would have had to walk over and... Stab her. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, I, we've gone on this weird journey with Varen. We're like, is she a dark friend? Is she not? Is she a dark friend? Is she not? I think that, like, she's proud. She's, you know, she's done some, like, not so good, maybe evil things. And maybe she is one that helps the Aes Sedai comes to, come to terms with, like, that the oaths are kind of bullshit. Yeah. You know, she seems like that kind of, like, critical thinker. But uh, yeah, other than that, I'm not sure. Uh, Toic says he did nothing heroic. He escaped the consequences of his actions. Here's the thing. I think that if he's tied to the horn of Valir, then that's not true. Because what is what is more redemptive for your soul than tying it to fighting the Dark One forever? Where you are going to be a champion of the light for the rest of eternity. Giving your soul completely to the cause you once fought against. That, that's pretty redemptive. Like, Vader gets away with it, because Vader is like, no, I'm actually good now. I killed the Emperor, and then he fucking, he just dies. Like, he doesn't have to, like, atone for his actions. The difference here would be that Inktar is giving his soul to eternity to, uh, like, be like, look, here's my soul forever. I will fight to redeem myself in perpetuity until the end of time. That is far more redemptive than Vader's death, right? And, yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, anyway. That's fair. If in your final moments you're like, no, I'm, I'm going to give myself over completely to survive, or to to, to right the wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. That's pretty heroic to me. No, fair. Thanesa says, strike a child ghoul. What do you think would have been the outcome if the Hall had gone with Luce Theron's original plan of seven female and six male Aes Sedai working together to seal the boar? The problem is that we know Robert Jordan said that the both would be tainted. So we know what ha would have happened. That's kind of unfortunate that he actually like. I, I honestly, him coming out right and saying that I think is a bit unfortunate because it leaves the mystery of like why the characters fought for the outcome that they did. Uh, like us, yeah. us having that foresight. I don't know. It's kind of whatever. Because um, it retroactively makes the women right to not be desperate like that, which I, I think is thematically less interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, James Ross, uh, thank you for that super chat. Thank you, James I just Ross. got done mowing the lawn and wanted to say hi. Did we already hi. talk about anal? We did. We did talk about the anal meadow. The anal meadow. The My anal meadow of widows. Favorite place to frolic. Um, Sonic Sean says, which of the long-running slog plot lines that were resolved in this last book are you most happy relieved about finally being over? The Shido. The Shido. Fuck them. I hope they never come back. Here. Which currently unresolved plot lines do you hope to be wrapped up soon? Aleda. I'm, I'm good. I we we've done it. She's she's failed. Get her out of there. Yeah. Uh, you have a different one. No, not the same. With the changes in writers, which aspects of the storytelling of the series do you want to change with Brando Sando? 
I, the yeah, the spankings definitely don't add anything to the story. They just mm. feel a little weird. The way it me. lingers on the slavery. Uh, yeah. The way women are all written to be kind of pushy in the same way, for the most part. Yeah. I think the biggest <clears throat> thing is the pacing. Oh, yeah, pacing. Um, definitely looking forward to, like, really getting this ball rolling. Because um, I, I, I trust that Brandon Sanderson did that. Uh, I'm looking forward to the series deciding to move towards the end game that we have been told about so much, but not seeing our characters really interact with. Yeah. I'm excited for the, the, the stated purpose of this story to finally happen rather than the side quests that, uh, uh in my opinion, haven't amounted to as much as they've amounted just time off my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiller98 says, how would Andor handle succession and the passing of power if they have an Aes Sedai queen who may live for hundreds of years? Interesting. I, I I assume it wouldn't change succession. You, you're Elaine's just going to be queen forever, right? <clears throat> or she'll be murdered. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if really Andor can do anything about it because if Elaine is queen, then she's the one who kind of makes the rules. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I don't know. I cause, Didn't think about it, to be honest. Here's the thing. The people who are alive when she's coronated don't have to worry about it because they will be long dead when she is succeeded. Yep. Uh, can Balefire affect Golem and or Matt's necklace? Uh, I feel like Balefire is going to be the one thing that can affect the Golem, but the... I don't think so. You really? No, I think the Elf and Elfin are going to give Matt a way to fight the Golem. Because hmm. the, the wolf head necklace came from them, right? Not wolf head, the fox head necklace. Fox head, yes, it did. So I think I think what I think that Matt is either going to steal from the elf and elfin a weapon to fight the golem, or they will give him something. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Chiller ninety eight finally asks if magically transported into Rand's current position at the end of book eleven, how would you unite the world and prepare for Tarman Gaiden? Oh man. Um. I would go talk to Egwene and then Elaine. Yeah, I would build the count I would build the Teleran Riyadh Council and I would like have I would bring people I would bring leaders of these countries together weekly to talk. Yeah. Honestly. Like I, I, I Rand has like no trust in any person and I understand that his journey has led him there. Mm-hmm. I'm just ready for that to I mean, it does have consequences, but I'm ready for him to, like, learn that, like, maybe that's not the best way to go through life and you can't fucking do it alone. I'm just, like, I'm would, a, I'm already there and I want Rand to get there as well. I would pull Cad Swain aside and I would have a private conversation with her. Where I would sit her down and be like, hi, I understand that you think that you're right all the time, but I am trying to build a coalition to fight the devil. And, and you're rude sometimes. Min tells me that I need you on my side. Uh-huh. But I need more than just you. And so I need you to figure out how to behave like an adult around other people so that people, so that no, we can stop infighting about you and that you don't undermine me in front of other people. I need you to be on my team. And so you need to make a choice. You are either on my team or you are not. And if you're on my team, just be a little bit kinder. You have a bunch of rules for me. I am trying to follow them. And all I am asking is that you find a little kindness and you find maybe a way to talk to people that is a little bit less aggressive and a little bit less, um, that doesn't put people down so much because it is not helping. 
you are not benefiting the situation by being the cantankerous old lady trope that is just a little bit tired. Mm-hmm. And so if you could maybe just show up and be a team player, maybe we will all survive and the world won't come to an end. Or you can continue to be selfish and you can continue to act this way and eventually I'm going to ask you to leave and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it mm-hmm. because you need me more than I need you. And that's what I would say. Fair enough. I, yeah, I think that like... Yeah, I think I find the Aes Sedai to be exhausting in how they deal with people. Yeah. And I know it does have consequences, but the fact that all of them are too fucking pig-headed to, like, notice that it has consequences is just exhausting. Yeah, also, if I was Ran, I would be, like, I would be talking to Perrin constantly, and I would find Matt. Yeah. I would, like, have a direct line to Matt, because I can fucking teleport. Yes, exactly. Um, and then fi- the final question of the Discord. Ayn Lazar says, uh, what was Armilla's plan for the Dragon Reborn if she had won and killed, captured Elaine? Well, she doesn't Probably not. Know. I don't think she cares about the Dragon. I don't think that's even, like, on her radar, right? No, yeah. I don't, like, they're, like, the, uh, Elaine is not being aided by the Dragon Reborn. Like, they don't, I, I don't know if Ar- Armilla knows what kind of relationship they have, so I don't actually think that she would have had a plan. Like, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know that Armilla was thinking about Tommy Gaiden. I think Armilla is thinking a little bit. Um, you mean you mean about the dragon or Tommy Gaiden? I don't think Armilla. I don't think Armilla as a character was concerned about the final battle. Yeah, because uh, I don't. I don't know that like a character like Armilla believes in it. Maybe she's yeah. not. She hasn't engaged with. We are engaging with that part of the story, but Armilla isn't, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that I think that's. I think that that's fair. To to Armilla, that's just stories. We did it. We answered all your questions. Yay. We full book recapped. Full book recap. Y'all, who is going to uh, Jordan Con? Hey, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> it's just the chat twice. Oh, I'll get rid of that one. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. We're really excited to be there. Uh, like I said, we are going to do like an IRL stream. Same time as book club normally is Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. We're going to try, guys. Keep an eye on our socials. It's going to depend on... The internet, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, other people have done it before. You know, uh, there's... So, it should be fine. Yeah, definitely follow our Twitter. We uh, might have some kind of a panel thing. We're working on it. So, just keep an eye. We're still kind of... Um, we're still kind of working through how Jordan Con is going to work, but we're going to try yeah. and do something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, It's going to be fun. We're really, really excited. And also, I'm working on a surprise cosplay, so... Prasoon says, are y'all worried about spoilers in Jordan Con? Not unless people purposefully come up to us and scream spoilers. I'm worried that people people who are upset that I don't like things about the books the way that they do are going to intentionally be assholes. Like that, I'm not worried about accidentally getting spoiled. I'm worried about someone intentionally doing it to be a prick. Yeah, I just think that like someone would have to have fucking balls to do that in a room of people who would like be very upset if they did that. Yeah. So I, I can't. I can't see it happening. Like, we're not going to get spoiled by accident. We're not going to any panels. We're going to, like, find a corner, hang out, chill. Like, I, I think that accidental spoilers are such a slim chance. Malandia says, keep notes on what you get spoiled on. I hope it doesn't happen. I'm sure it's not. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm sure it's not. Because um, I, and I'm, I'm going to look at all cosplay as flicker flicker shit and just not take any of it to heart. That's fair, because it kind of could be. Right? Because, like... like Someone could be like, this is, what What if Elaine is the Amarillin seat? And, like, that could be from the book, or it could not be. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And we're not the only first-time readers who are going to Jordan Con. 
um, and who have not finished the whole series. So I think, like, if other people are not worried about it, we're not going to be worried about it. Yeah. Uh, should we do high-low and then uh, read the beginning of the Graythering Storm? The Graythering Storm? I keep thinking the Great Hunt. The Great Hunt, I know, I know. Um, yeah, my, uh, my high, so if you don't know, we like to compliment sandwich this bitch. We're going to do highs and lows, which is how Nerdy used to commiserate with his family uh, over the, you know, the lows of whatever was going on, but also the highs, and just going to have that relationship and communicate. And that is why I introduced that segment. What? That was perfectly acceptable. All right? You've memorized it by now. Um, my high of the whole book... Man, um, I I feel like I should have prepared this because I I should have. We not, do it every show. Yeah, I know, but there's just there were a lot of good things that I actually like very much enjoyed about. I mean, the Shido being gone is kind of yeah. <laughs> like I'm very well, glad, not gone, but you know, I'm very glad that that like ended and that they all like ran off. Um, but I actually have to say, I think that my highlight of the whole entire book is the bit, first part of the prologue with Galad. I think Fair. it's the best part. <laughs> uh, my low of this book is two on. Mm-hmm. Fucking hate that girl. I mean, we yeah, we knew that. My low of this book is that like Roland had to get in a little last bit of sexual assault for our female mm, characters. Yeah. Before yeah. he was then just kind of killed, and then Arm was killed, and that kind of sequence of events, I just don't think was great. Um, and then my high of the book is the first thing, the best part of the book, the first 15 pages. Galad killing Emonvalda and just like trying to do something good for his mom who Same he thinks high. is dead. Um, yeah. I just, it is, it is, it is incredible. Yeah. It is just that first 15 pages of Knife of Dreams is one of my favorite moments from the entire show. Ah, uh, yeah. Or from the entire series. The whole series. And, A uh, thousand percent. It's just, it's good. I, I, I don't know how it could be anything else. Some um, good shit. It's 15 pages that I... Put the book. You were in the living room. I put the book down and like okay. hollered joy. Yeah. I was like, I had goosebumps. I just, I fucking love those first fifteen pages of that book so mm-hmm. much. It's mm-hmm. such a, it's so, it's so well written. Yeah, really, really, really well done. Prologue: The Gathering Storm, Book Twelve of the Wheel of Time. What the storm means. Renald Fenoir sat on his porch, warming the sturdy black oak chair crafted for him by his grandson two years before. He stared northward, at the black and silver clouds. He'd never seen their like before. They blanketed the entire horizon to the north, high in the sky. They weren't gray. They were black and silver, deep, rumbling thunderheads, as dark as a root cellar at midnight, with striking silver light breaking between them, flashes of lightning that gave off no sound. The air was thick, thick with the scents of dust and dirt, of dried leaves and rain that refused to fall. Spring had come, and yet his crops didn't grow. Not a sprout had dared poke through the earth. He rose slowly from his chair, wood creaking, chair rocking softly beneath him, and walked up to the edge of the porch. He chewed on his pipe. Though its fire had gone out, he couldn't be bothered to relight it. Those clouds transfixed him. They were so black, like the smoke of a brush fire, only no brush fire smoke ever rose that high up in the air. And what to make of silver clouds? bulging between the black ones, like places where polished steel shone through metal crusted with soot. Huh. We do not know who Renald Fenwar is, right? 
I don't know. There's so many fucking names. I literally, that's why I have to look at it. I was like, maybe I'll recognize if I look at it. Do we know who this person is, Chat? Because I don't remember. It like sounds kind of like almost familiar, but not. No, no. I don't think, I, I don't think we know him. No, okay, no. Okay, okay. I was oh, like, God. am I just forgetting again? I was kind of hoping Brandon Sanderson wasn't going to start with new characters. No, no, no. That's a theme of the book. He's like, no, I'm really trying to be Robert Jordan. I'm going to start by introducing somebody you've never heard of before. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm not surprised at that at all. <laughs> um... I will agree with Sean. Uh, the this the style is very different. Um, the one thing I notice about it uh, that is much more contemporary than I think older writing is um, uh, the way that this sentence is broken up. It starts with Renald Fenwar sat on his porch, warming the sturdy black oak chair crafted for him by his grandson two years before. That's one sentence. The next sentence starts. He stared northward. Period. New paragraph line. At the black and silver clouds, period, new paragraph. Yeah. Which is a very, it's a contemporary very writing contemporary. thing to um, emphasize a sentence by having it be a um, separate line. Uh, that isn't something that Robert Jordan did very often. No. So no. I, I, that, that's what I'm makes me think Brandon Sanderson, Sanderson wrote, wrote this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. All right. I'm excited to read it. I'm too. I'm excited to get into the next book, y'all. It's it, uh, here's the thing. I, I know the slog was sloggy, and I know the podcast became what it became. And I, I hope we can all be together moving forward on being a little no bit more open. Way. But I feel a little bit more open because I think that having taken a little bit of time off has been good for me. I think this break of this month um, had to just step away from it a little bit. I, I think that in this, I feel like we should have maybe taken a couple breaks in the slog. Mm. I feel like I got a little bit. I think it started to drain on me. Mm. And that doing that and Attack on Titan at the same time, which were both things that I didn't love, having both of those kind of be a little bit sloggy for me at the same time, yeah, I think was hard. Yeah. Um, and I just just to be honest, I think that my I brought a little bit of that mental state into the show. I feel like today was more fun. I feel like we I I, I thought this was a good show, you know. Yeah. And so I I think that um, I want to be more mindful of that with our content and make sure that we're not at least on my part burning out to the point where I start to bring some uh negativity into it mm. uh and so honestly like having taken a break i am so i've not been so excited to start the next book in a while yeah. um since I'll probably book seven uh because coming out of book six was such a high yeah uh, and i think that it was just stepping away just stepping away from it for a second and like thinking about the slog without being in the middle of it and like realizing there there is stuff in there that i really do enjoy mm -hmm. there's still the stuff that i don't and like but it's both things and i think that part of the reaction and the the book club is that it's so we're we're giving you our immediately thoughts right away, and that can change, right? Like there are times where I there are episodes of reactions where I really like the episodes. If you watch the reaction, you wouldn't think that I do, right? Um, there's a couple in Attack on Titan that I I only like in retrospect, and that I didn't like the first time that I watched them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm not gonna fake the reaction the first time in hopes that I like it later. No, fine. I'm going to give yeah. you my honest feelings in the moment. And book club is very same. But I also reserve the right to change my opinion after I've thought about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, yep. And no, I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there, 100%. Um, don't worry, if you burn out, Egwene can cry on you. Thank you, Sean. That would be hot. 
That would be hot. I want to be healed. Wow. All I right. want to be healed. All right, let's uh, let's do some uh, smut corner. Let's get out of here. If you like the video, like and subscribe to the channel. If you don't, hit the dislike button. Leave me in the comments down below because the algorithm god is hungry. And we must feed her. Feed her. We've got to feed her now. Uh, I'm at Nerdy Nightly. I'm at Clarice Polaris. The algorithm goddess of the week is Egwene because Ravens was all about her and I'm not going to make it about Parker Posey because you fucked the 100 companions. Not literally. That would be... That would be hot. Uh, that's our smut corner. <laughs> Parker Posey will not go to the boar, but she fucks all 113 of them before they leave. She gives them a soldier send-off. Her stamina is, like, through the roof. It, it reminds me of the end of season one of Silicon Valley, where they try and figure out how long it would take to jack off everybody in the room, which leads to the middle-out discovery because um, they say that if you find penises that are at the same height, you could jack off two penises at the same time by sliding your hand over them, right? Okay. And so how long would it take for her to fuck all 113 of them? Assuming she goes airtight, right? Now, if you assume the average man lasts four minutes, <laughs> you're talking about 400 minutes on average of sexual intercourse divided by three because she's got, you know, Three holes. Um, 400 <laughs> divided by three is a hundred is 133, right? I don't so that's know. two that's two hours and 13 minutes of being airtight. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> She's fine. Yeah, I think she can do it. I think she can do it. Wow, that was a journey for me. Um, Jason Randoner, thank you for that super chat. Jason, thank you so we much. We will see you at Jordan Con. See you at Jordan Con. We're really looking forward to it. Oh no, we can't make pins. Why? It's too late. I didn't think about it. Do they do rush orders like next day? No. Oh, well, we'll figure something out. Um, we could order them for somewhere to pick up in Atlanta. Fabulous says I'd divide by six. She, how would you divide pins. by six? No, six feet? No, hands feet? don't count. So soldiers, no, you can't do feet. Because the, in order to in order to have one in the pink and one in the stink, uh, fair. Yeah. Your, your feet. There's no way to do that and have your feet together. Maybe you should jerk some of them off with one power. <gasps> oh shit! Right. We didn't think about the one power. You yeah. could take so many loads. Yeah. I mm. that 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 just throws all your math out the window. Uh, Slick Jack. No, we don't post expanse on Friday anymore. Uh, expanse comes out on Mondays. Yes. 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 And Robert Jordan's favorite. Oh, boobs! I don't think you can. Ha I have that many on you at the same time, and all. Like, there's get no way satisfied. to get the. There's no way to get the penis to the boobs with having someone in the mouth and someone in the. Yeah, I, I don't think that that would be feasible. But the one power now that changes things. Yeah. That 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 changes things. Yeah. Um, especially if she knows Semiraj's tricks. Two hours and thirteen minutes is a long time to be airtight, though, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> what I couldn't the fuck do is it. This show? This is why this show isn't sponsored. Exactly, oh my exactly. god. All right. Bye. See you guys at Jordan Con. <laughs> See you guys at Jordan Con. <laughs>